What's up, everybody? Another episode of the Straight Cut coming to you from Western Cigars in the Members Lounge. I'm Aaron. This is Mark. I am Doug. Oh, we got Dougie Fresh. And we also have somebody else with us tonight. We have Sam Ventura, the sales representation of Crux Cigars. Yep. I'm How you doing, Sam? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Would you guys hate me if I talked like that the oh, whole time? Oh, man, just yes. have at it. So yeah. my favorite cigar is... <laughs> so, I mean, you got, like we talk about, we got three sultry voices and yours. And mine. Yeah. There we yeah. go. You guys are all bassy. What are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we're glad, yeah, we're glad to have you on here. You know, we're smoking. Yep. Uh, so all four of us are smoking four different cigars. I'll start with what I'm having. I'm, uh, I'm doing the, uh, the Crux Guild. I'm doing the Limitada, one of my faves. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm oh, oh, excuse me, there, Sam, but I'm doing the Crux Bull and Bear. <laughs> he just pushed you out of the way. <laughs> we're going in a circle, and then apparently we yeah. jumped across. So I, th- I, I thought it was the rude. Sam show. Yeah. I thought I excuse was the me, Sam. Go ahead. What is that marvelous cigar? Wait, in your what are hand? you smoking, Doug? Because I don't even know if we got it out. I'm smoking the Bull and Bear. The Bull and Bear. I am smoking the fabulous Crux Epicure. Maduro. Man, I, I like that cigar. Yeah. And my only complaint about the cigar is it has a blue band. But that, this but is blue, that is bro. Not, that is That's blue. blue. That this, is not blue. Bull and so, Bear's brew. So, brew. Brew? it's a problem with brew. Brew. How much did you have to drink? Oh, my <laughs> Just <God>. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a big one. So, but I do, the Maduro is such a, it's such a rich. So, you uh, don't so. like the, the, okay. So, for those that don't know, um, Crux, are, are, all of our bands, all of our blends have their own kind of color scheme. Yep. So, the the Maduro, it's a it's it's kind of a robin's egg blue, seafoam green. Seafoam. Mm-hmm. In our in our catalog, it says, you know, it's reminiscent of like the Bel Air, you know, 57 Bel Air yep. looks yeah. or like Bel Air blue. I would agree with that. Um a lot of people refer to it as Tiffany blue, because it's very reminiscent of the Tiffany color. Yeah. But yeah. as my girlfriend, who is an avid Tiffany fan, will tell you, meaning the jewelry company, not the redhead pop star from the eighties. <laughs> I like her. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Right. (laughs) Tell me more. But, um, is I, you cannot call something Tiffany blue unless it is Tiffany because Tiffany has that trademarked. So how many times have I said Tiffany now? Seven. (laughs) Wait, what company are you with? Not (laughs) Tiffany. Yeah. But yes. So yes. But what, why don't you like this color? I don't like blue uh, cigar bands. Okay. But he also like, doesn't like double bands, and yours like, barely squeaks goodbye. Which is so a sign. I yeah. call it the bikini band <laughs> yes. because I swear I read that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And then when I first started with Crux, I mentioned it to my VP, and he's like, what did you call it? I said, bikini band. He goes, where the hell did you get that? And I was like, I don't know. I thought I read it somewhere. He goes, not from us. <laughs> right. So, so don't call it that again. Well, don't call it that. Well, the for, first, the, for the record, I think all of your bands are cool. Bikini bands, whatever you want to call them. Right. Red, blue, pink. I don't care, Mark. I think they're sharp. Well, I, I mean, I think the lines are cool on the scar. I don't like double bands and I don't like blue bands, but I like the cigars a lot. Do you so, like blue headphones? Uh, I do. <laughs> okay. It's different. I don't like my headphones on fire. I love when people do that on like radio shows or podcasts where they talk about something visual right. in the room yeah. and they don't have a visual component. <laughs> so Mark is wearing blue headphones. I do. That's um, I'll, put, I'll put that in the liner notes. Yeah. yeah. But when, the first event I did with Crux was down in San Antonio. And a, a customer comes up and he's apparently a big Crux supporter and I've gotten to know him now. And so he comes up, he goes, Hey man, I really love the redesign. I really love, you know, what you've done. I love these kind of like bikini style bands. And I go, what did you just say? He was like the bikini style band. And I go, where did you hear that? He goes, oh, I don't know. I just kind of, kind of looks like a bikini. It's got a top and a bottom and you, you see in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I said, and he was going to email me something, um, relating to the, the product <clears throat> and, and 
I said, well, in that email, would you mention the bikini ban? Because I'm going to forward that email to my boss and I want him to know that I'm not the only one that apparently pulled this out of my ass. <laughs> the term, not the cigar. Yeah. Earthy. Earthy. <laughs> What's that note we were talking about? There's, there's your barnyard. There's a little barnyard yep. going on there for sure. They are um, very clean lines. I mean, the, the, I love the rebranding. I think the rebranding is sharp. Um, it, it is clean and, and very noticeable right. in the, in the human right. which is important to retailers. You know, people walk in, they're not, they're not confusing your brand with another brand. Right. No. And, and that was, you know, the reason we did it, yeah. um, for, for anybody that doesn't know, and you can look online and look at, you know, Crux cigars and, and usually image search on Google will show you both. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the blends were always good and, yeah. and they did about an 18 month kind of um, research period. Yeah. Um, they did focus groups. They did cigar focus groups and they did just consumer focus groups. So even non-cigar smokers just to be like, what looks good. Yeah. And they'd also, they also done some blind taste tests with, you know, like our blends with some comparable blends that were, were popular. And they learned that, okay, well, cause if they figured if they're going to go back to the drawing board, let's make sure that we knock it out of the park this time, yeah. which I think they've done. Yeah. But <clears throat> the, the blends across the board were fine. They were great. People yeah. loved them. You know, they, they, they fared really well, but it was just the look mm-hmm. and the, the old logo had a very kind of, you know, people say Gothic. I always say it looks like an affliction shirt, you know, the font on an affliction <laughs> yeah. shirt. Yeah. Um, so I always, I always got like that dungeons and dragons right, dagger right. looking old English, yeah. medieval Gothic. Yeah. Yeah. The, yep. the X of crux on the old band was like a dagger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of people thought it said crew. And mm-hmm. it just had a dagger icon. And I've actually had people say that to me, mm-hmm. even with a new, somebody said, yeah, you know, like, what, what is that cigar? Like, and I said, and I showed him the logo, you know, Crux. And he said, oh, like crew. And I was like, Crux. <laughs> like, so, I so I can understand cigar. it. And, yeah. you know, um, I, I think, and I'm obviously I'm probably biased because yeah. I'm a representative of the company, but yeah. I really do think it's one of the biggest one eighties as far oh, as, as, a, as a marketing and the appeal, yeah. the boxes were kind of just muted colors. You know, the Epicure Connecticut, which um, has a red color theme, mm-hmm. um, red and white. The old box was like kind of a painted gray. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it was, you know, it, it, so they just get lost in humidors and all the other boxes were, right. were shades of wood or brown yeah. tan. So you see them on a wall in a humidor and it, and it gets lost. It just blends in. Yeah. But now with, you know, they're bigger boxes, they're 20 counts. They have two 10 packs, sorry, two five packs and 10 singles in each box. The lid, the inside of the lid has a flavor descriptor, strength mm-hmm. meter, mm-hmm. and it's got the logo, the branding. They all have their own icon. Yep. Um, so it's, it's just, they, they put a lot of touches in there yeah. and they, they really, really, really wanted to make sure that, like I said, when, when you're, when you're reborn, when you're born again, you want to do it. You want to make sure you do everything right the second time. Yeah. And, they did a really good job. Fantastic. And what I like about the boxes. Uh, I've had plenty of customers comment on this is that the flavor notes mm-hmm. and the strength is right there on the box for everyone to see. Yep. They uh, do half my job for me. Yeah. I mean, it, I can't, it, we our, can't, us, us too. I mean, yeah. Aaron yeah. and I can't be in there with everybody at all times and uh, answer all their questions. So when they walk by your box, right. their questions are answered for them right when they look at the box. So if I'm ringing up, if I've got three customers at the, at the counter and somebody's milling about, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I might not be able to get in there and try to help them find something before they just decide to pick something and go. Yeah. So those kind of boxes um, will really help that situation. Yeah. And I, especially with like, if you have somebody new coming in, 
new to cigars and they don't know what they want. Right. Like I wish more boxes or more companies would do this because it, you know, me and Doug say it jokingly, it makes our job easier, but it, 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 it breaks it down easier right. because it's like, it's hard to, you know, tell somebody new, like, Oh, you get woody and you get cocoa, but then you, when you can see that visualization on right. the box, like, right. yeah, you're going to get cocoa, you're going to get molasses and you're going to get like woody out of, I think, I think that's the one on the Maduro. I mean, it just makes mm-hmm. it so much easier. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I'm looking for that. Or if you want something creamy, point them to the uh, to the LE. I mean, it does. It, it 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 does make it easier. And we joke around that it makes it easier for our job. But it is. It's so nice. Even like if I'm looking around and like I have, it's kind of like one of those things. Like you don't know what you want until you see the word. But like I want something, you know, peppery today. And then I see Crux that has pepper. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to go with that. So one of the things I think uh, I appreciate the, the the tasting notes within the the lid, but I think one of the the underappreciated uh, innovations that you guys have done is the two five packs and the ten pack. Yeah. Um, is is knowing that um, samplers are one of the things that I think is really underappreciated within the industry. You see people coming in looking for gifts, or I come in. You know, one of the things that I buy online still to today is a sampler pack or a five pack of something. Yeah. And having that pre-built sort of pack together is, is such a, when I saw it the first time I went, well, I'll be damned. Somebody should have done that about 20 years ago. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, put the box. So if I want the box of 20, then I shut it and I get two five packs that are in there, whatever, you know, but it, it was, it was a, it was a killer idea. I mean, it was just one of those ideas where you go, wow. Yeah, that's kind of like obvious now that I see it. Um, but um, it was it was such a strong idea. Well, and the 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 old banded stuff, the the two Epicure lines did not have the five packs, but the Guild and the Bull and Bear, and then another blend we used to have that we we have since canceled. Um, they had five packs in there as well, so they had the same concept. But the five packs were like gift wrapped. It was like wrapping paper. So you couldn't reuse them. And now our uh-huh. five packs are, you know, paperboard. They're, yeah. they're a very soft touch, but they're embossed with like highlights and colors. Yep. So it, it has them exactly. And, and it's much easier, you know, if you, if you buy a five pack and, you, you know, if you're going golfing, if you're going fishing, if you're going to a barbecue yep. and you know that somebody's going to be like, oh man, I wish I brought my cigars. Well, you got a five pack yeah. so you can easily. And, that, and that's mm-hmm. kind of one of the ways that I usually Love tell that. shops to pitch it. Yeah. But you don't have to rip open some paper and then you know, you, you can kind of reuse it. Like they're not humidified, yeah. the, the, the packs, right. but they're convenient for carrying them around, put them in a suit 100%. pocket or whatever. And it's Absolutely. easy to put it and it's easy to put in your desktop, Pimador or your, yep. your new air, new air or whatever like that. But like, you know, you and I were talking earlier today, like, you know, especially during this time, during everything that's been going on, not a lot of people are buying boxes, but mm-hmm. they, but a lot of people still do the fibers every week. Right. And it just makes it, it, it does it, especially if you find something you like. Yeah, just grab that. It's so much easier, and it is. It is super nice and super convenient. And it's. Yep. I mean, as somebody who works at a shop that sells it, you know, Doug can probably attest to this too. Like, it is probably the fastest growing brand that we've had in the shop. Uh, you know, in the five years that I've worked here, because it is. I mean, it is caught on like wildfire. It's. Yeah. I mean, yes. it's. It helps that you know the the product the the marketing is really good, but also the product itself. It's it is solid. really, really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah they're good. on fire. They're on fire in our humidor, and they have been for some time. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, I couldn't be more pleased. But we're talking about those five packs, uh, man. We got we got tens of guys, twenties of guys that yeah. have just come in and 
walk in there, pick up their five pack, come to the register and out the door, they're gone. Mm-hmm. I and, mean, and, they, and it just makes it so convenient. And and I love that. I love hearing that. And, and as I've told you, you both, um, and you know, I, I, I've, I've been a fan of, of this shop for a while. And, and I was so elated when, when you guys brought us in and then even more so when, when I saw how fast it caught on and how yeah. well it's doing. And yeah. it's like, you know, every time I get a text from Doug with an order, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so happy. I mean, it's, it's just so pleasing and it's so kind of rewarding and it makes me feel that we're, we're going in the right direction. And, and, yeah. you know, I'm really happy with that. And yeah. thank you guys for being such good supporters. Yeah, because Absolutely. In, in, thank in you. A, in a humidor of Brown, I mean, not many boxes stand out. Right. I mean, it's when you can, when you already have a foot ahead in, in some retrospect, I mean, you have that nice glossy, right. you know, that, the very distinct box. I mean, it, your eyes automatically drawn to it. So it, it, that definitely helps. But then, like I said, you know, just have a kick-ass product and, you know, we, Doug and I don't really have to do a damn thing. It just, they, well, have, why, they have a one time and then so they So I'll talk to it. Brandon about why you, t- you two are getting paid if you don't have to do a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, because there's a bunch of other cigars we do have to put. Well, now you got to edit that out. Um, well, <laughs> well, let's, let's get some uh, cigar history from okay. you. How long, how long have you been a cigar smoker? Um, a, a legitimate cigar smoker, I'd say about 13 years now. Okay. If I oh. had to really put a time nice. on about 13 years. You know what your first one was? I do. Um, so February 13th, 1998. It was a Friday. Wow. Yeah. Is- I, uh, I got my first, I was 18 years old. I got my first tattoo and uh, my buddy went, went, you know, took me to the tattoo parlor <laughs> I got my tattoo and, and then afterwards, you know, I'm all jazzed up. I got uh-huh. my adrenaline running yep. and he says, well, what do you want to do now? And I'm, I don't know. I was like, I want to do more man shit. Let's go get a cigar. <laughs> so of course, as any cigar smoker would do, yeah. we went to Seven Eleven. Sure. <laughs> and of course I grabbed a Swisher sweet yeah. and uh, smoked about half of it. Didn't get sick. Um, but, uh, Shout out to Swisher. I'm sure they're great, but we do not smoke Swisher sweets around my house anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably the last one I had. I don't mind flavored cigars. They're not, they're not really my cup of tea, but that was my first actual cigar, if you will. And then years later, I actually, I I lived in Los Angeles and I I worked for a movie studio. I worked for the CEO of the, of MGM studios. And I had a a friend of mine who was a, a writer, producer, actor, and I was trying to write a story, a screenplay based on an experience I had in my life. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I said, hey, would you kind of coach me and help me? And he said, sure, we'll meet up. So we met up at a cigar shop in Beverly Hills. And we meet up there and, and he says, you know, hey, like, you ever smoke cigars? I said, no, you know, I, I've had like a Swisher Sweet before, but mm-hmm. I've never smoked like a, a, you know, actual traditional cigar. Yeah. He says, well, are you interested? I said, sure. You know, pick me out something. I, I don't know anything about it. So I think he, I want to say he got me an Arturo Fuente uh, Chateau Natural. Okay. And... Um, you know, he smelled the cigar. So I smell the cigar. I have no idea. <laughs> and you're like, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. But I, have, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm smelling for. And, uh, I asked him what a good cigar smells like. And he had a couple different responses that I probably won't mention here, but, uh, there, there's always, you know, we, we were talking earlier about cigar notes and cigar flavors and descriptors. Yeah, and yeah. You can get, you can get down a wormhole that you can't dig yourself out of, but so yeah. it kind of became our meeting place and we would, nice. we would go every you know, every week, if we could, every other week, we'd meet there and I would try different cigars. So then, you know, California has really high taxes. So I would always try to go around and I was, I was broke at the time. So I would go just every once in a while, grab a cigar, but it was very, very occasionally. And then I started dating my girlfriend, shout out Kristen. 
Um, and I can, I can say that because she's still my girlfriend, (laughs) right? (laughs) A little over 12 years. And, uh, you know, we're still, we're still going strong. Yeah. So we were both, we were both bartending part-time, but we both worked in the movie industry. I worked for the CEO of MGM studios and she was an assistant to the director on crank two. Oh, wow. So nice. So I got my job thinking that I was going to be like on set and learning production. Nope. I was doing credit card receipts. I was running errands. (laughs) I was doing all the heavy lifting. I got to drive his Bentley sometimes, but that was it. Meanwhile, she's like, you know, we, we'd like, what are you doing today? And I'd be like, Oh, I'm rectifying credit card receipts from his business trip. (laughs) What are you doing? She'd be like, Oh, we're scouting strip clubs. We're doing gun tests. We're doing car crash tests. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) So anyways, so we had both stopped bartending and every Friday night, our, our standard date night, because we were broke was I would stop at a, at, you know, any cigar shop and I would buy maybe three cigars that are, you know, six to $8 range. And she would go to the grocery store and buy like two bottles of like, I think it was called like Redwood Creek, but it's like seven or $8 red wine. Yeah. We'd have something for dinner. And then I, I rented a room in a house with a couple other guys. So her and I would sit on the back patio Friday evenings Nice. I would usually smoke two cigars. She would smoke one with me and not flavored at the time. And we'd, we'd kill the two bottles of wine. And that's just kind of, that, that was our bonding period. That's how we got nice. to know each other. Yeah. And that's really how we kind of formed the foundation of our relationship. Mm-hmm. She still smokes. So she does occasionally. Um, she does like flavored cigars. She got more into those. Um, she's been very, very um, proactive and supportive of my cigar hobby. Um, nice. We actually, we actually were planning on moving out of Texas a couple years ago um, and then uh, a job that I was interested in came open in the cigar industry. So she canceled that plan for me to wow. pursue that. And if, if that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. So yeah, she's always been, you know, she got me my first humidor. Um, and, and she would always, you know, I, one time she went to a, uh, she went out for sushi with a friend of hers in, in LA and there was a, a cigar shop in the, the shopping center. So afterwards they pop in and she's looking around, you know, these two cute girls looking around in a cigar shop and the owner comes around like, Oh, can I help you find anything? And yeah, my boyfriend smokes cigars and I was just wanted to pick something up for him. And he goes, well, has he ever had a Cuban? She goes, no, I don't, I don't think so. Like, you know, no, I don't know. He goes, well, you know, you're not, you, you can't get him in the U S but I've got some. She's like, really? And, and yeah. And you know, if you don't tell anybody, I'll sell you one. So she buys it. So she comes home and she gives me the cigar in a bag and it said Cohiba. Yeah. But she tells me the story and immediately I'm just like, well, how do I correct this without scolding her for being nice? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. say, well, I say, awesome, babe. Thank you. That's so nice. It's so thoughtful. Um, how, how much was it? And she's like, well, I don't want to tell you. I said, no, it's fine. How much was it? And she says, well, it was like $25. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> um, Okay, cool. Great. I can't wait to smoke it. I said, do me a favor though. I really appreciate it. I love the gesture. I love the thought, but, and at the time I wouldn't have known the difference anyways. I, you know, I, I, my palate wasn't super refined. I was smoking six to $8 cigars. I said, if you ever decide, I, I, I don't want to in any way discourage you from doing that, but if you ever do that again, please don't spend $25 on one cigar for me because you're going to waste your money. Yeah. I don't believe I don't believe price dictates quality in a lot of things, especially in cigars. Yeah. And I said, "So, if you were going to spend $25 in a cigar shop on me, you could have got three or four cigars, you know, maybe a variety or maybe three or four cigars of the same one, whatever it is. And then I would have had way more time smoking, yeah. you know, and and I probably would have enjoyed them just the same." Yeah. Right. And and you know, so that's kind of the thing. So, um yeah. 
she, she actually knew one of my local shops that I, that I used to frequent as a consumer, as a, as a customer. Um, so every once in a while she'd stop by and, you know, yep. they knew me. Nice. So she'd be like, Hey, you know, yeah. Like what is Sam like? And, and the guys there were really good. You know, they could look up my history or, yeah. you know, the guys knew there knew me. So they'd just be like, Oh, yeah. hey, take them this. He'll love this. Yeah. So, awesome. so yeah, that, that was always a, uh, you know, a great thing because uh, I think I, I talked to a lot of guys. Oh, uh, I'd smoke more cigars, but my wife doesn't let me. And it's either cost or it's either because, you know, they just don't want them smoking. So yeah. I'm yeah. very fortunate and very happy that, that she does. We, we spent a lot of time in quarantine on our patio and yeah. people that follow my social media, they always ask about the patio. And we, I got her a kiddie pool because our pool was closed down at the apartment complex. Yeah. So we set it up on the patio. She's got it set up all, you know, tiki and lights and lasers. So <laughs> people probably think we're on drugs because yeah. it's right next to the mail room. And people actually, I met a guy at the pool and he was like, wait, do you have the patio with all those lights on it? And I was like, yep, that's us. <laughs> but we hang out, you know, and, and usually when I am in town home in Austin um, and she comes home from work, then we'll, we'll immediately, you know, go out on the patio, Sweet. turn on stuff and, and, you yeah. know, have some, have a couple drinks, smoke a cigar or whatever before dinner. Yeah. Well, that's, that's how we are every night at our house because my wife's a, she's a cigar smoker and she has her own humidor and stuff like that. And that's like the best, that's the highlight of my day is when I know that I can, you know, whenever you can do something that you're passionate about with your significant other or with your partner and you kind of have the same, mm-hmm. the same mentality, that just makes it all that much better. Yep. Yes. So one of the questions we always ask is what is the most meaningful cigar or the most, um, it can be the cigar. It can be the moment. It can be, um, you know, it can be whatever factor, Right. And um, what's the most meaningful cigar that you've ever smoked? Um, well, I, I realized that I forgot you were going to ask me that question because I have listened to the podcast. Okay. I would say it would be that Cuban that she bought me when she went out for sushi because that was that was the first cigar that she bought me yeah. on her own yeah. as a surprise. And that was one of those one of those subtle little things that clicked that you know, this, this girl's different. This isn't a girl that is just yeah. like, you know, what are you going to buy me? Mm-hmm. You know, what, yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, you know, like, can we, she, she's, she's very easygoing and yeah. I always try to treat her well, but you know, she's not the kind of person that's like, you know, Hey, we we're going to go to have, you know, filet and lobster every night. Yeah. So, but that was something where it was like, she's willing to give as much as she gets. Yeah. And so that, I would have to say that because I smoke a lot of cigars and I've, I've had a lot of cigars a with a lot one. of great people but that one sticks out because I love the story and I just love the fact that I'm, I'm going to say that I'm 99% sure it was a, it was a bullshit Cuban yeah. and it was a fake. Cause yeah. obviously those are so counterfeited yeah. and why would some random guy at some random shop in LA <laughs> right. just be like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to, out of the blue, out of the kindness, my yeah. own heart. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to wait and sell these to my regulars that know their stuff. I'm going to sell it to these two girls. Yeah. So right. I, I, you know, who didn't smoke cigars. Yeah. Right. So I really think that that would have to be my answer because that, That's that, a that was a special cigar yeah. and I, yeah. I don't remember smoking this. I know I smoked it and I, I, I didn't, I didn't hate it didn't change my life but the the situation that got me that cigar would have that, that would have to be the most memorable for the, me the, yeah the importance yeah no that's a good one because that you know that's obviously a pretty big step right right that's, well yeah. it's, it's one of those selfless acts that exactly like, you know she, she doesn't really get anything out of it but the mm-hmm. happiness that it yep. creates for you like i love it when when, uh, you know, like girls come in and they're like, I don't know what to do. Like, I just want to get my boyfriend or my husband something. And like, like I always like that because it's like, you're one, you're supportive of, you know, a thing that a lot of people are still thinking taboo or like Ew. some women's are think it's gross. 
But yeah. also, it's just yeah. like it's just that show of like, yeah, I want to make him happy, and knowing that he does this, and the fact that they kind of trust one of us to, like, okay, we have to make sure we don't fuck this up, yeah, and we get something good, so you know, right. it makes her look even right. better, and vice versa. I mean, it's just, yeah. and that's I, a lot of pressure on the tobacconist, you know, <laughs> it well, because yeah. it, it's just like, what is he like? Does he drink? Does he not drink? Right. Like, but you we've know had what he so has? many ladies come in here buying for men that we know. Yeah. And then the men, next time we see them, man, appreciate you guys helping my wife. Y'all, y'all treated her good. Uh-huh. You were nice to her. You got exactly what I needed. So, I, yeah. Music can still be a little intimidating for, a, you know, a, a, women are finally getting more and more. I don't want to say accepted because it sounds so shitty, but they are. I mean, accepted, guys, right. guys are accepting women more and more in the shop. So it, I just like it when we have more and more females coming in. I mean, sisters of Elise are becoming, you know, bigger and bigger oh, absolutely. Uh, throughout the whole industry. But so it, yeah, I love whenever they have that faith in the tobacconist to, to choose something for them if they don't know anything. And they're also learning themselves and hell, we've had a few that, you know, came in here a few times to get something and then they've stayed with their, husband and they are smoking one now. It's just like, it just, you're growing the population of, of cigar smokers. So it's like, it's one of those things that becomes a selfless act. And for for a guy to get a girlfriend uh, or a wife that that supports what we do with cigars, Uh which I think all four of us have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got to tell you, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, you know, my, my girlfriend and I, you know, um, she's been doing selfless acts for 12 plus years and, and, uh, you know, supporting me in everything I do. And, and I'm, I reciprocate with her as well, but I, I really like, you know, as I said, she smokes flavored cigars um, here and there. Mm-hmm. And, and she actually really likes the crux Maduro, the Epicure Maduro, the, the Corona size. She really likes that. And so I don't I get a lot of those as samples. I had that one before. That's... Um, if I had a sample, I'd give it to you, but um, I have, <laughs> I have one left at home. And it's in my humidor, and and it's for her for whenever she wants it. But Good but choice. I also, you know, I also noticed that as you talked about, and yeah, there there are a lot more women that are now getting into cigars, and it's becoming more of not just a not just a male dominated thing as it's much. Not, it's not a boys club, and it's and it's not just an old white man's club, you yeah. know. And 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 yeah. I say that because I think historically that's what people think of. Yep. When they when they think of you know cigars like some kind of a boardroom or some kind of a lodge yep. and it's like uh-huh. you know behind closed doors you know the 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 guys that really make the world tick and they're you know yeah. yep. but now it's like people of all walks of life are getting into cigars and yeah. and kind of referring to cost and and something I was going to say earlier was about it's also nice when you hear about a tobacconist that points a female who's looking for a cigar for her loved one uh-huh. in the right direction not just like well let me sell you this fifty dollars cigar because yeah. if you really love them you'll spend fifty bucks yeah, yeah. but. My saying when I worked in in the shop, and this is kind of my saying still, um, is it's your mouth, it's your money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I never judge anybody on the cigar they smoke. I'm yeah. more likely to judge somebody that brags about smoking a $500 cigar or a yeah. hundred dollar cigar mm-hmm. yeah. than I am about somebody that goes, "Man, I got this great cigar. It was five bucks." I met a guy at a hotel the other day, and I walked out to get stuff for my truck, and he's lighting up. And I said, "Hey, what are you smoking?" And he said, "Oh, just you know, it's some something he got online, and it's some you know bundle cigar. He's like a three dollar cigar." I was like, "Oh, yeah, cool." So I walked to my truck. As I'm walking back, he goes, hey, and he taps me and he hands me one. And I say, oh, thank you so much. And, you know, and he's like, oh, what do you like to smoke? You know, that's a Rosado. You know, I don't know much about it, but they're cheap. You know, they're like two, three bucks each. Right. I said, oh, I said, well, I actually work for a cigar company. I kind of explained it to him. And 
And he immediately was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. And I said, what? He said, well, I'm, I'm embarrassed. And I said, why? He said, because you, you smoke real cigars and you work for a company. So uh-huh. whatever you're smoking and selling is probably a lot better than that. And I said, no, no, man, it's the gesture. It's the, it's the brotherhood, if you will, or the yeah. sisterhood. And that's what drew me to the industry. Yeah, right. So 100%. We, we all have had times where we have more money than we, we need. We've all had times where we don't have enough money. Uh-huh. Right. And, and there's, a, there's a cigar for everyone in any price point. And as I said before, price does not necessarily dictate quality, yep. you know? Well, I mean, I've, I've, I think we've all said it before. Like this community is one of the best, if not the best, yep. just off generosity alone, mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter if, if some, like during this whole time of, you know, people losing their jobs, like I mean, I've seen so many people just give away cigars or whatever, just because, yep. you know, it's just not, not so much the right thing to do. It's just like they, they would, they would want it happen to them as well. Right. Sending and care packages. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just, it's just so great seeing like not many, not many people lift up each other nowadays. Right. It's more of like, it's a lot of vindictiveness and just like, fuck you got mine kind of thing. But right. Right. In this community, you don't, you, you, I hardly ever see that. Well, and it's, it's interesting as well. And, and that's kind of what drew me to the, to being a cigar smoker. What, what drew me to being a, to kind of getting more into cigars was kind of that brotherhood, so to speak. Yeah. And, whether I was, you know, I, I was in the bar business for a long time. I was a bartender. I was, I was a liquor rep. So that, that was kind of the industry I was in for most of my formative years, if you will, um, before I got full-time into cigars. But I noticed, like, when I, when I was in the bar business and when I got off work, you know, when I had a night off, people would always be like, what do you do on your nights off? Like, what bars do you go to? And I'd be like, I don't. I go to the cigar shop or mm-hmm. I stay home. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I found that when I, when I started to become a regular at my local shop in Austin, you know, about five years ago, four years ago, when I started to really start going there multiple times and actually hanging out, not just buying and taking it home, was I would sit, I would have a cigar, and if it didn't matter who was in the lounge, I had friends for that. And, and you know, at the time, I'm, you know, 34, 35, and I was a bartender. I'm wearing shorts, flip-flops, a T-shirt. I've got tattoos. Um, so I'm, I, I don't look like a business professional because at the time I wasn't. Uh-huh. And I don't know if the guy I'm sitting across from is a millionaire or if he's, you know, barely putting food on the table, but we might have different views. We might have different backgrounds, different thoughts, different feelings. But for that hour, two hour, three hour time, we're friends. So I ended up having like friends, if you will, like we didn't hang out on the weekend, so to speak. But every time I went to the shop, I'd see them and I got to know them. And they're, you know, I'm 35, they're fifties, they're sixties, they're seven. There was a guy that was like 70 something. And yeah. You know, and it was a very communal thing. It was a, it was a BYOB establishment because a lot of the places in Texas are. Mm-hmm. So there were times, you know, a lot of times I focused on the cigars. So I would stop and, and people would kind of make fun of me because I would stop at like the 7-Eleven. I'd get a six pack of Miller High Life because it was cheap <laughs> and it was beer flavored beer. It wasn't <laughs> fancy. I like the way it tastes. That champagne. Of and beer. and if, if I wasn't somebody that tried to, you know, semi watch the carbs, then I'd be drinking High Life every day instead of Miller Light. But I would bring my High Life or my Lone Star or yeah. whatever, you know, just basically a $6 six-pack. Yeah. And they'd have all this bourbon on the table. And they would always offer me bourbon. And I'm like, I, I always felt like a jerk. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I got, like, well, does anyone want a High Life? And they're like, <laughs> you know, one time a guy had, he had a, I think it was Macallan M. It's like a $300 bottle of scotch. <laughs> and, and they were like, you want to try this? I was like, no, no, I'm okay. Because I knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Being in the liquor business, I knew it was expensive. And then after I think the third or fourth insistence, oh, you should really try it. It's on the table. If it's on the table, it's fair game. Well, all right, when am I going to try this $300 bottle of scotch? Yeah. And so I had some and I said, well, you know, 
hey guys, if anybody wants a high life, and we kind of laughed about it because they knew I was like, I'm sorry. But my thing was yeah. I, I tried to budget because I can very, very easily spiral into just buying stuff. And that, that, that was the bartender in me because when you bartend, it's almost like you're printing money. Yeah. And so I would be like, all right, I'm going to get the $6, you know, six pack because I want to be able to spend 20 or $30 on a couple oh, cigars. Yep. And I don't, at the time I was like, I, I didn't play much with, with pairings and flavor pairings. So I kind of was like, I know what high life tastes like and it's, it's just beer flavored beer. So it's not going to affect yeah. or really change the flavor of the cigar. So my focus was on the cigar money, but yeah. And, th- and that's what drew me to it. And, you know, I ended up getting a job in the industry and, and it's just, I mean, it's skyrocketed that, that kind of community sense of community yeah. as, as a, as a rep, um, you know what my title is sales executive, by the way, which is, uh, that's fancy. I know, that is I know. Fancy, that is brother. Fancy. It's, uh, we got to start over. Well, no, it, it, it's, it's funny. And I'll tell you that real quick. So when, when I got the job with crux, I'm the first direct hire full-time sales executive or sales rep that they've ever had. Yeah. So, um, that, that was something that, that was a really big draw to me was to get in kind of, kind of on the ground floor and help grow a brand yeah. because I wasn't just going to be the next rep in a line of reps. I was going to be the first rep. Yeah. And 100%. so I had texted my boss, Casey, I said, so what's my title going to be? He said, well, I don't know. What do you want it to be? I said, I don't know, like sales manager, sales rep, regional sales manager, like something along those lines. So a little while later, he sends me a text. He says, sales executive. And I say, okay. I say, is that what Jeff said? Because Jeff's the owner. And he said, or, you know, Jeff's the founder, the president. He said, he said, yeah. I said, okay. And in my mind, I'm like, oh man, that's a lot of pressure. And then when I got hired in January, um, we have a marketing company that was a key, key player in our redesign and they did a great job and they do great marketing stuff for us. Well, they, they put out a press release. So I knew they were doing a press release and, you know, in the cigar industry, we all have the blogs we read where they have press releases about, you know, a new hire or somebody gets promoted and it's usually bigger names. It's usually people that, you know, are are like a, a vice president or a key player, um, or, you know, brand owner. Yeah. So they, they do the press release and, you know, like we're going over the wording of it and stuff. And they had taken a picture of me wearing my crux golf pullover. And I, I didn't really ask why they were taking a picture. I just, I posed for a picture. I wasn't ready for a picture, but they said, Hey, you know, throw, throw on that shirt so we can take a picture of you. And I figured, yeah, a lot of companies <laughs> take pictures of you. Yeah. Right. So then a couple of days later, we're sitting in a, in another shop and, and my boss goes like, Oh, what? And I say, I say, what? He's looking at his phone. And he says, uh, he says, did you know they were going to use your picture on the press release? <laughs> and I said, no. And he shows me his phone and it was on one of the cigar blogs and it's my picture. And the photographer's great, but the subject was, like I said, I, 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 <laughs> I, I had just thrown the shirt on and like kind of stood there, like kind of half smiling, kind of looking uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. right. So, so he goes, he goes, you know, did you, they, they know you were going to use the, did you know they were going to use the picture? I said, no, he goes, yeah, neither did I. And like, he wasn't mad. He, we just didn't know that. Yeah. And it says, you know, Crux Cigars hires first sales executive or first direct sales executive, Sam Ventura. And it's got my picture. And immediately I'm like, oh crap. Uh, and I think three blogs or so ran it. Yeah. And like, I sent it to my girlfriend and I go, now it's a lot of pressure Yeah. because yeah. no one's going to read the name. And, and you know, some people know me, you know, from my previous jobs, but no, but now my picture's on there. And then the other thing with having the title sales executive is it sounds, so everyone thought I was like the national sales director or sure. like some executive. Right. Sure. Right. And, and it, it says executive. Right. I, I think I remember that press release. And it's not my, 
I mean, I think that's how I saw. That, that, yeah, I actually, can't yeah, remember. It probably was because you had messaged me on Instagram to congratulate saw, me. Yes, I saw that. Right, right. And I wasn't overwhelmed with the term sales executive. Well, because I know you. Exactly. So I was like, I know that guy. Is that I know that guy. Yeah. That dude's not an executive. <laughs> he wasn't overwhelmed with the picture. Well, it was yeah. the picture. So, that's not that's what it was. Well, here's the thing. So, uh, again, and, and in no way am I, am I mad about the picture. Um, because like I said, it, it, it's, it's a professional photographer that has done a lot of photos and stuff for us. And he does great work. Yeah. He, he's in the Dallas area. He does amazing work. But I was thinking of, you know, when you start a job and you get an ID picture, right. you're not, you're, you're not going to, I didn't have my makeup on. I didn't, I didn't get my hair did. You know, my nails were a little ratty, Yeah, but, but it was just that thing. I, I didn't know what it was going to be used for. Yeah. And so, so that was the thing was I looked stiff and I, I looked, I, <laughs> I look, I felt I looked kind of like fat, if you will. And I, I'm not a vain person, but I was telling the story in a shop to somebody I knew who had seen it and who actually, I guess has contributed to one of the blogs. And she goes, yeah, she goes, I noticed you, you look like you put on about 40 pounds. She goes, but now, and this was like weeks later, she goes, but seeing you in person, like you don't, you still look as thin as ever. And I was like, thank you for reassuring that. I." <laughs> and so the next time, the next time I was in the area and I was at the same shop, I met with a photographer and I said, Hey man, I, you know, I think your work's great, but I just, I, I think that that picture, I, I look, you know, I explained, it. I looked stiff and I looked uncomfortable. So we took some more pictures that we were going to be using for promo and for event stuff. Yeah. And so we've got some pictures that I'm floored with, absolutely floored with. Yeah. And, um, my, my sales executive title is the second time in my life that I have had executive in my job title. The first time was at MGM. I was the executive runner to the CEO. So it kind of just goes to show you that I'm the executive that's, you know, getting barely making ends meet. And, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing grunt work and, and, you know, doing yogurt runs and coffee runs and lunch runs. So that was my first foray into executive hood. This one seems to be working out better for you. Substantially, substantially better. And, and, uh, I was, I was telling, um, I was telling Doug earlier, so I'm, I'm 40 years old. I've been in a lot of different industries. I was a correctional officer in LA County jail for four years. Uh, I've worked in production. Um, I've worked in, as I said, the bar and liquor business. I've worked in retail, both cigars and, and, you know, consumer electronics. This is the first time in my life. And I've said this to many people where I'm truly happy with work. Yeah. I had always kind of looked at it as we all have to work to pay bills and yep. then we can focus on happiness outside of work. Yeah. This is the first time that they're, they're commingled. That's as awesome. Well. And the gig. being locked down for five plus months with, with the quarantine and stuff, I could not wait to get back on the road and get back to doing what I love doing. And I yeah, truly, cool. every day I look forward to every trip on the road. I mean, I miss being away from my girlfriend and our dogs, but I truly look forward to coming and seeing people and, and, Basically, this is what we do when we're in shops. We sit around, we talk, mm-hmm. yeah. we get to know each other, and yeah. and a lot of it is is it's not as much business as as you know a lot of probably sales jobs are because I don't walk in. I walk in and I see Doug, and, and we sit and we talk and we catch up and have a cigar, and then before I go, like, well, hey, do you need anything? Well, you know, while I'm here, do you need anything? And, yeah. and if he says, yeah, we could use a couple boxes, or hey, no, we're good right now. All right, cool. Well, you yeah. know, you've got my number. And yeah. the great thing about what West End is, they're doing so well with us that. I, you know, even though I was coming to town this week, Doug shot me an order last week. So it's like, cool. So when I got to see Doug today, it's mm-hmm. like, I, we don't have to talk business because yeah. yeah. I already got the order. So that's taken care of. So now we can just be yeah. ourselves and, and have a good time and hang out as friends. Well, yeah. I mean, building a relationship with 
the each shop owner or hell, even the clientele at the shop is part of the job because I mean, your impression on the, on the, you know, the regulars at a shop, you know, when you make a good impression with them, it makes you, it makes them want to, it perks them up like to, to try the product and stuff like that. I mean, we know when, you know, who, whatever rep comes in here, if they're just standoffish and they don't talk to anybody, I mean, the clientele is going to be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But whenever it's like you and you're in here and you're mingling and you're meeting the, meeting the regulars and meeting the members and stuff like that. I mean, it, that just, it's that sublim, you know, it plants that seed in their head. Like, okay, yeah, you know, try it, try it out. But that relationship building is, is, you know, when it's not forced and it's organic, it, it just makes, it makes your job a hell of a lot easier. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, Sam's real good about, building that relationship and and I'm just tickled to death death that you're that you're happy with what you're doing and I know your bosses are tickled to death to have you yeah. so when you don't when you have a job where you don't have to work those 5 days to enjoy your 2 days off it right. makes it a hell of a lot easier I mean with me like you know I love I mean it, some days are going to be shitty it's going to fucking happen right but like you know I love woodworking and stuff like that so it's not like I have a job I get to build shit for 5 days right. and then for 2 days I get to you know you know do whatever I want. Well, it's like the old saying, you know, find a job you love and you never work a day in your life. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and I, I found, I, I find that that that's a slippery slope because sometimes when that happens, mm-hmm. then your, your hobby or your passion, you, you start to look at it as work. Yeah. But I also, with, with, with this industry, my, my number one hobby I would say is to relax and smoke cigars. So I get to do a lot of that as my yeah. work quote unquote. Yeah, sure. But also I, I find myself very fortunate, you know, hashtag blessed. I, I get paid to drive around, hang out with people and smoke cigars. I mean, essentially like, obviously there's a lot more to it, but I, I, I consider myself very fortunate and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a rare thing that, you know, I I tell people what I'm doing now, you know, like friends will catch up and they're like, wow, like how'd you land that job? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just, you know, everything leads you somewhere for a reason. And and I'm, I'm glad that it's led me here. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is. I mean, I've, I've worked in the industry for five years now and Doug is same way too, but we've been cigar smokers for, I've been cigar smoker for almost 21 years now. And it's just like, this is the, greatest. I thought Mark was the old one. I, I, he has me be on Mark's on, as old as the sun. If you didn't know that, dude, I'm just letting you know. But no, it's like, he's one Not of those as things old like, as Doug. <laughs> I never thought like, I, I mean, this isn't my full career because I mean, I work here I am the old 25 guy. hours a week and I do a podcast, but like it is, it's, it's one of those things. Like I it just kind of, the, the stars aligned for me to work at West end just because in the universe, that's what B needed. That's what I needed at this, at the same time. So it just kind of manifested right. that way. But yeah, it's, this industry is, it's awesome because it's work, but it's like you said, it's, you get to smoke cigars and talk, talk shit all day long right. to, to, with people. That's what other job can you really do that with? See, I think the rep job is actually a little bit better than working behind the counter. Cause you actually get, there is a lot of business to it. But you do actually get to sit down and relax a little more. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Working because we've all worked behind the counter. That's um, there's a lot more hustle mm-hmm. sometimes and bustle to that part of it. Um, but uh, it, it, although the rep job has its own sort of challenges to it, I, I right. don't want to dismiss that. But it is um, there's a there's a it's kind of a cool vibe to it that is. Um, and now getting to know you today, which, which I've done, um, you're good at it. So it's got, a, it's got to feel uh, comfortable to you because it, 
matches up well with your your sort of vibe and personality. Well, and, and going back to what, what you guys were saying earlier was, you know, what I think Doug was saying about mingling with the customers and stuff. Yeah. And I find that um, a lot of times I'll, I'll, you know, a lot of times if I'm in a shop and I'm hanging out and, it, and it's an existing retail partner of ours and I, I, you know, if I'm sitting and, and if, as, as you said, working in the retail, like you don't get to sit and relax as much cause you've got a lot going on. Yeah. There's a lot of balls in the air. Yeah. Not like balls, root beer, but balls right. in the air. <laughs> um, so, so a lot of times I'll be meeting with a shop manager, shop owner, whoever I'm, is my contact at a shop and they have to keep getting up to go help somebody in the humidor to go, you know, clean up something to yeah. go ring somebody up. Yeah. So I usually will, will converse and, and kind of mingle a little bit with the, mm-hmm. with the clientele. And a lot of times when, when they find out I'm a rep or they'll ask like, Oh, so are you, you cigar guy, you like, you, you know, you, you cigar rep. Yeah. And then I'll, oh, what, what brand, what company? And I'll start to tell them about it. And then a lot of times they'll be like, Oh, well, like, do they have them here? And if they're a retail partner currently, I say, yeah, they do. You know, you want me to show them to you? Yeah, sure. And they don't need much. Like they don't, they don't ask too many questions. They just go, well, Hey, like I'll support cause you're here and yeah. let me try something. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we, we, we don't give cigars directly to consumers. Um, so it's great when people are willing to just take a, you know, 10, 12, $13 chance uh-huh. on yeah. a, on a cigar, just because they met a guy who seemed nice and yeah. talked to him. Yeah. Yeah. And then the opposite side of that is, or not the opposite, but the, the other kind of thing is if, if I'm in a shop that I'm, I'm targeting and that I want to do business with, but they haven't brought us in yet, the same thing happens. And they go like, Oh, do they have your stuff here? And I go, well, not yet. And they go, Oh, well tell them to bring it in and I'll buy some. It's like, <laughs> right. well, did, did you hear them? Yeah. <laughs> well, the but, customers are yeah. great. I don't know how many times <laughs> I've had reps in here. They come to the counter, Doug, come in here and show me what he's selling yep. and pick one out for yep. me. You know, I mean, they're, they're loyal that way. Give me that guy's cigar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. If yeah. It, for good reps, for sure. Yep. And, um, and, and, uh, understand that, uh, you know, that, you know, sitting down and, and working with, with, uh, with guys and, 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 and sitting down chatting. Um, that's one of the things I love about this community is you, you sit down you have a conversation with somebody, you understand, Hey, I'd like to give that, that, that cigar a try. There's so many good cigars out there right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know where Crux fits in volume wise, but I always think of them as a boutique brand and, and maybe I'd be wrong in that assessment. I, I would, I would say that um, there, there's always so much kind of varied opinion on what, right. what's a boutique, what's not. Mm-hmm. We're a small brand. There's, there's, you know, really four of us that work for the company. Yeah. Um, five. If you count the, uh, we have a, we have a guy in the warehouse that does our shipping and our logistics, but the, <laughs> Three of them are the, the president, the vice president, and our other sales executive are cousins. They all have the same last name. So okay. I'm the only non-cousin. So, you know, like when, when, the, when the COVID thing happened yeah. and we got pulled off the road, I first I was worried about the cigar industry in general because we're not considered essential by anybody mainstream. Yeah. We're, we're considered essential by cigar smokers and us in the industry. And liquor was considered mainstream. But over the, the five and a half month, you know, kind of period I was off the road, if I had to choose, you know, give up the booze or give up the cigars, I'm giving up the booze. 100%. And and so to me, cigars are more essential in my daily enjoyment than booze is. Yeah. Um, I can do a lot more after six cigars than I can after six drinks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's uh it it was a really really nice thing because I also got kind of nervous. Like, well, if if things go you know really bad and then Crux needs to like kind of cut weight, they're probably not going to get rid of the cousin. Because that's going to make Thanksgiving very awkward. They can <laughs> yeah, get rid yeah. of me, 
and I'm not going up to Minnesota for Thanksgiving, so they can get rid of me and be like, wait, Sam Ventura, who's that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. We remember him. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. But um, fortunately, um, our, our, our president, Jeff, he, he had a call with all of us, and, and right away he said, first, first I want you guys to relax and don't worry and don't stress. Your jobs are secure. If this goes on for a month, two months, three months, six months, like, don't worry. I, I want to take that off the, you know, that, that, that stress off that the plate. That takes such a weight yeah. off. Oh, it, huge, yeah. huge. And, and, you know, fortunately, you know, we, we found things to do to occupy our time mm-hmm. and, and we, you know, we still got orders. We still had customers. I even yeah. added some accounts kind of remotely, which, mm-hmm. um, this is a face-to-face business. So yeah. it's, it's a lot more challenging yeah, to try to call people and try to open accounts, especially in such a time like, like the COVID shutdown where you don't know if, you know, right. you don't know what shops are, are flourishing. You don't know what shops are barely hanging on. Yeah. So, so it, it, and, and I think, you know, knock on wood, now that we're traveling again, and I think we're getting close to being on the other side where it's kind of, for the most part, settling down and people yeah. are learning to adapt and, and operate uh-huh. in that. And so I, I'm, I'm really happy that, in, in my knowledge, in my territories at least, I haven't heard of any shops that have permanently shut down or per, like irreparably damaged because of this. Now, I know some are struggling. I know some have had, you know, issues mm-hmm. and, and, you know, they're, they're lean. Mm-hmm. And then other shops are, are doing great because, yeah. as, as we were talking earlier, um, guys that maybe stop by after work for one cigar or they pick up one cigar for the weekend or two cigars for the weekend, well, now they're home all week. Yeah. And, you know, it was over spring and summer. So they're like, well, hey, I'm going to buy five or six cigars to yeah. go yeah. And, and have them to smoke throughout the day or, you know. So yeah. I, I think that's helped a lot of shops. And, and it's oh, really yeah. good to see that yeah. we're such a small industry, regardless of how much money's involved. We're such kind of a niche mm-hmm. that it's, it's good to see that for the most part, I think a lot of people are still holding strong. There's a lot of camaraderie. Yep. And, you know, even as a sales executive, sales rep, whatever you want to call me, I'm out there alone. I'm traveling four states, a little over four states. I don't have, you know, coworkers necessarily like somebody at a shop or somebody in an office does. Right. But all of us reps, we run into each other and I have a lot of great rep friends. Yeah. And so even though we're technically competitors because they're working for a different company yep. and, you know, some of them work for the big companies that, you know, they're not really competitors because everyone knows those brands. Yeah. And so those brands just different, need kind of more realm. maintenance. Yeah. Right. But I have to say a lot of the reps, at least in my territory, I'm, I'm great friends with. And if we're in town at the same time, we'll grab lunch together or we'll grab dinner yep. or at the end of the day, we'll, you know, they'll visit their shops. I'll visit mine. And then we'll meet up at one of the shops, you know, for a smoke before we go back, you know, to our, our uh, hotel rooms. And, and, and that's awesome. That's very rare. That, you know, like you probably don't see like the Coke guy and the Pepsi guy. <laughs> yeah. Like Sharon. Sharon. Uh, not in our industry. Our <laughs> guys won't. Yeah. They, they, the, they're not allowed yeah. in the same room. And, yeah. and, and exactly. And, and, and so that's probably, that's pro- probably a very unique thing yeah. in this yep. industry. 100%. Um, and, and I, I love all of my rep brethren and I've had a lot of them help me out with recommendations. Yeah. And I've even had reps from other companies that, have been in a shop and talked and my name has come up or my brand has come up. And I've had shop owners say like, yeah, you know, well, I was talking to so-and-so from this cigar company and he said that you guys have great stuff. And it's like, again, the Coke guy's probably not like, oh man, have you had that new Pepsi Zero? It's awesome. (laughs) That probably doesn't happen. Right. (laughs) Well, there's, you know, there's a lot more shelf space, but yeah, absolutely. Um, And it is, it is a different community um, for sure. Um, and, and there's different tiers, right? The, the general guys are different than the, the, right. the middle tier and the boutique guys, you know, there's different competition. Yeah. So what four States do you have? Well, my, my, my main territory is Texas, Oklahoma, 
Louisiana, Arkansas, okay. but I also cover Wichita in Kansas. So it's why I say okay. like a little over four states. So okay. it gets the evil Kansas people. I'm a Missourian, so yeah. They're yeah. good people up there. Um, well, during, during quarantine... Because as I mentioned, I'm, I'm the first, you know, full-time direct sales executive that they've, they've hired. And then mm-hmm. a couple weeks after me, they hired um, Tony, who is, uh, is the other cousin, as I say, and, and he's the second. Well, they wanted to have a few more um, throughout the year hired, but obviously COVID put a, a damper sure. on that. Yeah. So because of that, one of the things that we did during the, the, the kind of quarantine was added five states to my territory that I kind of virtually started covering and planting seeds and researching shops that we want to be in and reaching out to them to try to, you know, at least just introduce the brand over the phone and, you know, try to send them some samples and and get them interested. Sure. um, So that when we do get a chance to get out there and really, you know, physically visit those states. You've you've already got that. The seeds are planted. I, I tell people all the time that, a big part of my job is like a gardener. I'm planting seeds every day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, sure. it's a weed and it grows really fast like it has with West End. Sometimes it's an oak and, you know, mm-hmm. you got to visit a couple times and follow sure. up a couple times before it really, you know, mm-hmm. sinks in. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Doug's complete. No. I'm too- <laughs> oh, yeah. Come uh, on. You bring it, bro. So, so let's talk about a couple things. But let's go through, first of all, the cigars for a second. Um, um, just for a second because I'm, I'm clearly in the third third of my uh, Limitada um, and before we get into um, some of the other parts of, of, of what we're going to talk about, um, so I really like this cigar. Yeah, um, it's got an earthiness to it. I get—I don't know that I get a creaminess out of this. I know that uh, creaminess is a flavor that was described. I get a lot of earthiness out of this. I get a little spiciness out of this. Um, I this is—I um, like the Maduro a lot um, as well. Um, but this is my favorite of your uh, line is the Limitada. It's the first one I smoked um, because uh, B turned me on up at the Conway store um, and said, we're now carrying the crux um, because when Doug sold it to me, it was the old marketing. And um, I'm just, I'm so, um, I know I'm, I'm, I've got uh two guys with a lot of tattoos, but <laughs> on both sides of me, and I, I have a tattoo as well. But, um, but when you, when the I have affliction, a tattoo. I have a tattoo, but not, not like you, know, you so guys. does Doug. I, mean, I do too, bro. Do you really? This is turning oh, yeah, I can fast. show you mine. Oh, All right, let's all take off our shirts and show our tattoos. <laughs> no, my, no, what is mine's your tattoo? Mine's no army tattoo. Really? Mine's yeah. not an old army tattoo. Mine's a so. 91 tattoo. Um, so, um, I thought uh, I was going to shame Doug on that, but I guess not. Um, but the affliction thing to me is um, is a is a marketing style that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Which is when I say hipster, I mean affliction, because there's a bunch of cool stuff that I like in that genre, but that affliction sort of advertising to me is problematic because it's about style and not quality. That's what affliction means to me. And so the problem I have with a lot of cigar marketing is of that ilk is I walk in there and go, I'm not sure if this cigar is any good, but I see the affliction style right. and I just go, mm, I got so much other stuff to smoke. I'm just going to go pick up a Tatawai or something else. Right. When you guys rebranded and I saw it up at Conway and I went, Limitada, which speaks to me, right? Because I go limited edition. Right. That speaks to right. the douchebag in me a little bit of wanting something limited. <laughs> well, it's a great cigar. And and, it, it, and Brandon said, that's a great cigar. And I said, 
I'm going to sit up here and smoke that. And I loved it right away. Right. The Maduro I love as well. I think you, I mean, I think there's a lot of good, I mean, you guys have a lot of variety. Right. Um, a lot of different things. Um, I really love this cigar though. Well, I think we have something for everyone's palate. And yeah. one of the things that, that Jeff has done in the blends is he's tried to blend everything to have good, clean, complex flavors. Yeah. And everything we have is, is what we, what we say is very clean finishing. We don't really have anything that's going to wreck your palate. It's 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 not something where yeah. you're going to smoke it. Agree. You know, you're going to take an hour, two hours to smoke one of our products. We want you to enjoy it. We want you to get flavor. We want you to have a memorable, positive time. And then when you're done, if you go smoke another cigar, if you go out to dinner, yeah, if you have a drink, it. we don't want you to be like, well, I don't know what this tastes like because I've still got that cigar on my. Palate. You still got that right. And so right. we have a very clean finishing product, yeah. and I try to explain that to people a lot because there are cigars out there that while you're smoking them, they're very good. But then afterwards, you're kind of like, yeah. ah, ah, three I still ginger taste ale. it. You right. Smoke yeah. About three right. Yeah. You're scrubbing your tongue. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. And, and I'm a real quick thing to touch on what you, you, you made me think of something when you were talking about um, the, the, the branding. Well, I've heard from a lot of shop owners and, and people in shops when talking about our rebrand that the old branding, while a lot of people did like it, and there's even some people now that like the old branding better than the new branding, and that's fine. Sure, sure. But overwhelmingly, people people get it. And even people that might have liked the kind of old-style branding, when they see the full line on a, on a humidor shelf and they oh, see how it pops, so. yeah. they at least understand. Yeah. So maybe they personally like that yeah. kind of aggressive look, but they realize what we're doing and why we did it. Yeah. And I, I've been yeah. told by a lot of shop people that, Older traditional smokers are very, 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 very hesitant to try a cigar that's recommended to them if it has a very aggressive brand look or marketing. Yeah. So, yeah. like you said, you think you look at it and you think of that affliction and you think of that, you know, it's marketing, yeah. it's not quality, or you know, it's yeah. it's and so and that's kind of the same thing. So I yeah. I find that that that's it rings true because you know, you've got guys that have been smoking traditional brands for years and they have cleaner, more classic styling on their bands and their packaging. So if you see something that looks too aggressive or yeah. that looks too angry or too, they're going to think the cigars yeah. teenage are, angst, right. Cigar. Are like yeah. angry. Yeah. And, and, and so that's it's the an thing. Emo rock cigar. Right. Right. Emo rock. <laughs> well, Doug and I have a running bit in the humidor that we've had for five years where he goes in and and I ask him to recommend a cigar to me and he recommends one of those affliction cigars to me. <laughs> and um, and then I I swear at him and then we laugh. Ah. And and then eventually I'll try to pick up one of those. And I know Doug and I smoke a lot of the same cigars, but uh, we have a running bit in there with that. And we do. Sometimes, I mean, some, what I'm looking for him is him to point me through some of that haze of some of the marketing to some of the cigars that I know that he likes that I will like as well so that I can pick up right. some of those cigars that are marketed aggressively. So I he think. does the so-called dirty work and he goes yeah. through, you know, Mark's he, tough, man. I, you t I take him in there and I'm like, right here, Mark, this is the one for you. And I, yeah, I, I no, what else you got? No, you know, uh, I'll I'll him. no. Well, first <laughs> of all, he's my third favorite gross. So, uh, so, uh, and, uh, but I mean, yeah, part of what I'm doing is give Doug a hard time, but, but I, I am letting him do the dirty work and smoke yeah. some of those because I, I, have, I have a very strong reaction to some of that marketing. I think uh, even though, um, I'm sure there are people who like the other marketing because it was, it was cool looking, 
But yeah, it, I wouldn't say it was bad. No, it wasn't. It, I, mean, I think it, the it just new like, just like is how just these sharper. stand out, those stood out. Right. But, yeah. in, a, but in a different but I way. I think right. these stand out for the right reason. Well, I, I remember at the trade show last year, um, you know, because I was familiar with Crux and I had, I had Crux and tried it here and there. And I remember at the, at the at the trade show last year in Vegas, you know, so for those that don't know, every year around July, there's a, a big uh, cigar trade show. It was called IPCPR. They changed yeah. the name to PCA. And and that actually relates to one of our limitadas, the, the Robusto, the 552 Robusto, was called the IPCPR. And then this year we changed it. Now it's called the show because that's what everyone refers to the trade show because yeah. it was the it was the biggest, you know, kind of um, main trade show at the time. And when I, when I went over to the Crux booth, because I had actually seen a picture of the logo, but I didn't see any context with it, the new logo. Okay, it looks cool. You know, it looks cleaner, more modern, whatever. Right. Um, and I'm not somebody that necessarily judges a, a book or a brand by its cover. So if somebody recommends a cigar, if I look at the band, I go, oh, that's a cool band. But if the band doesn't appeal to me, I still give the cigar a chance. Yeah. But when I went over there and I saw what they were doing, I was like, wow, these guys get it. Yeah. Like, and, and that was kind of thing that, that really, that real really made me take more notice of the brand. Yeah. Um, more so than I just had before with, you know, my, my coming across the brand in different shops. Mm. Well, it's, it has shelf presence. So, I mean, one of the things that I think, unless you've worked in a shop or like, like I did for five years, owned a shop, shelf present is one of those things you don't really appreciate the fact how much brown there is right. in a humidor right. and how much. Um, like, and I'm not going to call out brands, but how much brown there is in the whole humidor and how much things don't stand out. And the funny part is that's why blue labels and blue boxes and red and some of those things became popular for a while. And some of the reason for my sort of reaction to blue, because there was for a while, there was a lot of very strong people were trying different colors. And I think a very glitzy and sort of ineffective way right? to get their stuff. People realized they had a problem and some, some people were trying to draw their eyes, but you walk into there. Um, I, I think you guys do it right. So, um, and, and I'm, I'm hoping other, and you guys probably aren't hoping that others, but I'm hoping others see some of the right ways you're doing it and, and, and start to brand their stuff that way. Well, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So, yeah. um, and, and not, I, I say that, you know, partially in jest, but, um, I, I don't know if they're really concerned if people start doing stuff like we did. Um, I'm sure we have, you know, trademarks and things on certain things that we need mm. to, but yeah, I'm um, sure you do. I get it. And it, it's like, it's kind of like fashion. Like you were saying, where when you have a, a, a humidor wall with a bunch of muted colors and people start putting brighter colors on the bands, like I, you know, I'm wearing a black t-shirt, I'm wearing dark blue jeans. Yeah. And, most of the time I'm wearing dark clothes. Mm -hmm. Like I think Aaron, I think you and I have similar probably music <laughs> yes. and fashion sense. I'm in 100% black today. So my yes. girlfriend always will, will try to buy me things with like little hints of color, little pops of color. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I'll give it a shot or I'll, whatever, but sometimes she goes a little too much. And I'm like, yeah, that's a little too, you know, <laughs> a little bright. Too loud. It's a little too bright for yeah. me, but sure. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing where, and I understand that. And you know, marketing, it, it's it's really a tricky tricky thing and it, yep. it's kind of like you know it's like in, in the beer business if you go to a bar that has you know 50 taps you want they they, they have this thing and, and newcastle actually had a great marketing ploy with their handle where they made their handle really big and i think it said something like studies show that people are grav gravitate to like the biggest tap handle and i'm paraphrasing yeah. but but it's the truth is yeah. like people i've worked in many bars and i've been to many bars and it's like 
you know, if they don't have a beer list, you're looking and you're like, Ooh, what's that one? Yeah. It catches and, your eye. Right. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the thing. And that's kind of the same concept that we have, yeah. you know? Um, and, and it, it works. And, yep, and I, I, I'm surprised that more companies haven't done something similar, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad that we're, we're one of the few that has because it kind of gives us an edge and it, it gives, and it an gives us yeah. something for people to talk about so that isn't just run of the mill every day. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you getting out of your cigar, your orange labeled cigar? So which I'm, is yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing the guild. Um, so I mean, you definitely get the woodiness out of this one. You get that, that hint of nuttiness, uh, coming off of it. I, when I first, this, I think this was the first crux I had. Um, and instantly I was like, man, like I'm, I'm not a big, a big woody, uh, note of a cigar fan. I'm not, I'm not the biggest, but when I had this one, I was like, all right, that that's, that's really good. And then the second one I had was the, uh, the, the Marblehead Bull and Bear. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, this one. Like, I love this one. This one is my cigar. This was right. it. And then I had the Epicure Maduro. I'm like, oh, no, now this one. This one right. is, is mine. And then I had the LE. I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and which you know, one? <laughs> it's funny. So so currently we have five blends that are rebranded and available. Um, it's the core four that I call. So it's the Epicure Connecticut, the Epicure Maduro, yeah. It's the bull and bear and the guild. And okay. then we have our limitada as the fifth. Mm-hmm. So technically we have a core four. We have other stuff in the works and we have other stuff that we've carried in the line before. And it, it was, it was, we kind of did the rebranding in phases. So those just weren't done yet. And then COVID pushed a lot back. Sure. So people ask me every day, which is your favorite? So I always default to the guild because honest to God, you know, Put put my hand on a Bible. Put me on the uh, put me on the stand, Your Honor. I like them all. I yeah. smoke them all. Yeah. I don't smoke as many limitadas. Yeah. I do have a, a handful of the old banded limitadas that I've I've received, but our limitadas are truly limited. There's only a thousand boxes a year. Yeah. So I'm I'm any limitadas that I have in in the new packaging. I'm using those for maybe a shop that has carried some of the core line but hasn't tried the limitada. I want them to try it. Yeah. So I don't want to just be you know greedy and smoke all those. Right. Um. But I, I always have a tough time when somebody says, you know, well, what's your favorite? Cause it's like, I love all my children, right. but, um, the guild was my first favorite. Yeah. And then now, now the guild and the Maduro are, are, are closely fighting for the top spot and, and I'm smoking the Maduro. And I, I would say that that is probably my overall favorite. Yeah. Um, but I smoke pretty much every blend every day with the exception of the limitada. And, you know, I'm a creature of habit over quarantine, I've got, you know, a few hundred cigars of, of all different brands and everything. And it seemed more times than not, I'd go and I'd look through my, you know, one of my desktop humidors or one of my other travel humidors that has a bunch of cigars. And I'd look through and I'm like, I don't know. I don't, eh, I'll just grab a Guild. Yeah. You know, I start every day with an Epicure Connecticut and that's, that's, you know, my, my, my go-to starter smoke, whether it's with coffee or not, you know, first cigar of the day. And then I kind of go through my progression. Yeah. So, and I'm smoking the Maduro. I don't know if it's my turn or not, but nope, I figured I would just steamroll. jumped over you. So, Doug, what yeah, are you smoking? Yeah. You're smoking the Guild? Just cut right on in there, Sam. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Well, well, Doug, you know, it, 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 it's your shop, so. No, you go right ahead. What are you I'm smoking? Sit back. What are you smoking, Doug? I am smoking the Bull and Bear. Uh, this is fantastic. I, I gravitate a lot toward this cigar when I reach for Crux. This cigar and the Guild. All right, I'm with you on the Guild there. And again, like... The rest of us here, I like all that we have here. Here at the shop, we have the Limitada, the Bull and the Bear, the Guild, and the uh, Epicure Maduro. Um, but this cigar, I'm getting a, uh, I'm, I'm into the 
third third mark and uh, i'm getting a, like a campfire smokiness been getting a lot of cocoa and some pepper out of mm-hmm. it uh what are there's uh a little bit of old baseball glove leather here that uh, i like uh, a uh. whole lot there mark so uh, it's fantastic no, it's so like not I mean, ball crack leather duck. No, no, oh, no, it's old baseball glove leather. But you know what that tastes like. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm Absolutely. getting some gimp mask leather from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I smoke a lot of cigars. I smoke. You do. I mean, I mean, everything in the humidor I've smoked, you know, a dozen times over. But So there's what? You figure 500 facings and you smoked at least a dozen times over. I mean, I, you got to think, if I'm smoking four or five cigars a day, so I smoke up. I smoke a fuck ton of cigars, but I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's an official scientific I was going to say, how do you measure that? I've so heard of a shit ton, ton, but. A fuck ton? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's an official scientific measure. Is that bigger than a yeah. shit ton? It but is, like, I, d- I don't know <laughs> of a say, brand. Just say, just say a ton of cigars. Yeah, well, you know. This is a family show. I, I got to pit. Well, my mom, miss, my <laughs> yes. mom listens to the show, so I, so I have to piss her off. Oh, I hope right. my mom's not listening. going to listen. <laughs> but like, I don't know of a brand where I actually really enjoy and I buy every cigar yeah. On the regular, I don't, I can't think. I don't know that I've tried the Guild. I'm going to, now that all three of you have said the Guild, what's the wrapper on the Guild? It's the the orange one. That's the one I'm doing. So, that's okay, the, that's, that's the, the band. band. I think you meant the Thank wrapper. You. I said the, <laughs> oh, oh, the, ra- the oh, wrapper. Oh, sorry. Wrapper, bro. <laughs> Can you Rapper. tell me what the box is like? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. It's orange. What, what's the band made out of? It's it's, it's paper, Mark. Paper. Um, yeah, that'd be great. The, it's an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Oh, so you get some nice spice off that. Oh, uh, okay. So yes, I, I, need I, I can briefly just kind of tell you guys yeah. the, just to kind of go over. Um, we don't do. we don't get super specific with our blend information. You know, it's like the colonel doesn't give you his eleven herbs and spices. Coke's yeah. not going to tell you that secret recipe, right? But so, as, as I said, we have the the Epicure Connecticut, which is an Ecuadorian Connecticut. Um, we have the Maduro, which is what I'm smoking. It's a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. So good. It's It's so good. That one's one's my favorite. That one is my favorite. I'll tell you when I'm Just you're flapping around like fish. Flip-flopping. So the Guild is the uh, Ecuadorian Habano. Um, The Bull and Bear is our Nicaraguan Puro. So that is going to be a a Habano Jalapa wrapper. Um, And the the binder on the the Bull and Bear has tobacco from all four regions of of the tobacco-growing regions in Nicaragua. I I like that cigar a lot. And then the Limitada... The unique thing about the Limitada is that the wrapper on that, it, it's called Engañoso. Okay. And that is a that is an exclusive wrapper to Crux, and that is grown for us at the Placencia, by Placencia in Nicaragua. So mm. you can only get that on the Crux Limitada. Nice. Um, and it, it, it's it's a great, flavorful cigar. Oh, it's beautiful. I, it's, it, you know, with that was the first one in. You just go, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, he doesn't steer me wrong a lot. Who, um, who Doug? B. Oh, B. I think yeah. he's a he. Um, you steer me wrong all the fucking time. That's my job, right? And but B doesn't steer me wrong. The only thing that I the, the decadency is the only one that him and I disagreed with that he really loves. But he never actually told me. He actually said, "I don't think you're gonna like this cigar," but um, which I didn't for the record. <laughs> Wait, what, which cigar? With the uh, decadencia, the the uh, cinco decada. Oh, the cinco decadas. Yeah, yeah. And he said I wouldn't like the shape, and I didn't. And um. But um, but he said try that one, and I, yeah. I agree with. I mean, I, was, I mean, they're all good. So, well, well, I think I, I think Jason is the one because uh, Conway had the Epicure Maduro before Little Rock did, mm-hmm. and so when I got, went up to Conway one day, Jason yeah. was working. Conway gets all the cool stuff. <laughs> 
Uh, it's only because I'm sitting here. It's because I like them better. <laughs> so that's all right. Yeah. I, I know. The, we saw some pretty cool ashtrays. Did you go up to Conway yet? Um, I, I was there probably Are back in February, three? but I haven't been there this trip. Oh, I'm going the there tomorrow. coolest ashtrays. When you go up there, they have the coolest ashtrays up there. They're badass. I saw oh, them. They look badass. sweet. Badass. Oh, they are they so sweet. sweet. They have one that has like stripper glitter on them, and they're like blown glass. Yeah, it's all blown glass. <laughs> oh, I thought nice. that was going somewhere else. <laughs> right. Wait. Right. Right. It wasn't just well, gl- it was I not, have not glitter, one, but, but stripper glitter. glitter. Yeah, it's a specific blend. <laughs> right. No, yeah. it's stripper glitter. And and so the, and they had this beautiful brown one with like it was beautiful. Yeah. And Paula says, "Well, those goes because this is her because we owned the shop." And so and so I have more ashtrays than I know what to do with. Yeah. Right. So do I. If I could just find them. Is D D said you said you have more ashtrays than you know what to do with? I said yeah. If I only knew where they were, uh-huh. so I've been looking. But she, her rule is they have to be able to go in, in the dishwasher, right? right? Yeah, right. Which you know those would not because they're you know, like super sweet. Looking. Ashtrays are a funny thing um, <laughs> because so I, I was at a shop in Austin, you know, years ago. And it was when Tatuaje was doing their magical mystery meat tour or whatever it was mm-hmm. where Pete Johnson and everybody was going around in a big tour bus. And so they had come to the shop and, and I'm there and we're hanging out and I get to meet Pete Johnson and I shake his hand and I go, Hey, you know, I just got to tell you, uh, you know, everyone knows that you make great cigars and I'm sure people tell you that every day, but I'm going to tell you, that's not really where your genius lies. And he kind of gives, you know, he doesn't know who I am. Like I'm just some dude. Yeah. And he looks at me like, okay. I say, you want to know where your real strong suit is? And he goes, sure. And I turn and I point to the wall and they have, it's the same ashtray that you guys have at the counter. It's the stash ashtray yes. and it's yeah. melamine, but it's very heavy. It's a big black cube mm-hmm. and yeah. it has a drawer that pulls out stash tray. and stash tray. Yeah. And, and I want to say it was like a $60 ashtray. Yeah. And I bought it from that shop previously because it was so cool. And that's actually the ashtray I use to this day on my patio. Yeah. Um, because I do use the drawer to kind of keep my lighter and, uh-huh. and cutter and yeah. stuff in there. So, oh, it's cool. And I said, the fact that I bought a $60 ashtray when I already probably owned three or four ashtrays. Right. And now I don't know how many ashtrays I have. Right. But I, I said, that's really what it is because that is such a cool, you know, with the little mustache. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It's just such a cool, like badass ashtray. Mm-hmm. And and he kind of laughed and I said, and, and it's funny because I always tell people when, when you're getting into cigars and if you start smoking cigars, you know, occasionally you're not going to buy all the stuff. You're going to use matches or a cheap free lighter or whatever, a cutter. You're going to get one of those, you know, $5, $10, you know, kind of throwaway cutters. But the ashtray is really the last thing you need because you can ash anywhere. Yeah. I mean, if you're sitting on the patio, you can ash on the concrete. Right, it's going right. to sweep away. I ash on air can, all the time. You can ash in an old coffee cup. You can ash in a tin can. Yeah. So considering, and, and I mean, there's ashtrays out there in the hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And it's like buying an expensive trash can. Right. You know, they have the trash cans now. They're like two, $300 trash cans with motion sensors and, right. you know, yeah, bells right. and whistles. And it's like, Dude, it's a trash can. What the like, fuck did I just? Yeah, it's gonna I, hold your rubbish. I, I, I tell you what, my voice. Oh, that's awesome. It's Bluetooth connected. Oh, don't don't <laughs> sell yourself short on the ashtray because we just raffled off a beautiful stainless steel crux ashtray that I thought was I, absolutely oh, beautiful. phenomenal. It was beautiful. Was I mean, cool. well, and 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 you guys did the backpack raffle as well. Yes, and and one of the things I really like about this company, we do not sell our our swag. We don't sell it. Um, some companies do, and that's fine. I. I that's, that's great. Sell whatever you want. Right. But 
one of the things that we do and, and one of the, one of the benefits I get from, from being, you know, more than just a regular rep and, and somebody that, that my input is greatly kind of taken into consideration cool. is a lot of times my boss will, will tell me to, you know, Hey, go to, go to so-and-so's website, you know, and, and look through and, and tell me if you think, you know, what do you see that looks like we should make it. But other than our, our crux branded Bix, we don't really do your typical cheap throwaway swag. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think those ashtrays that, that you did the raffle on, they're beautiful. They're stainless steel. They're a high polished Chrome with the yeah. crux logo lasered nice. in the bottom of the bowl. And it's heavy. It could double it's, as a weapon. Oh, it, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it you know, carried around in your <laughs> yeah. back in your crux backpack and you could sign, the sign of a good ashtray. You but, can beat somebody to death with it. <laughs> that's right. But Just come in here. It's, it's beautiful. And I think, I think that also was like a $60 ashtray. Yeah. And you know, so we, we want to make sure that, you know, the, the, this is the premium cigar industry right. and we don't want to, we don't want to be those guys that have really, really good cigars at a really friendly price point, high quality across the board. But then we give you some swag that is going to be like a single use item or something like that. Yeah. And so that's yeah. something we always take into consideration. And, you know, myself, when, when I look at, at swag and, and stuff, I think we should make, or I suggest, I look at things as I don't want to just have cutters or lighters or ashtrays. I go like, well, what else can we make that looks cool that's usable for somebody when they're not smoking cigars? Right. So, you know, we have these backpacks that you guys did a raffle for the backpack as well. Mm-hmm. And cool. I, I carry it every day. They're beautiful backpacks, you know, very versatile, high quality with the Crux logo. And I look at things like that. So are we going to do some sort of, you know, glassware or some sort of, you know, thermos or, or whatever it may be that people can use on a daily basis? Yeah. And then they might be somewhere and somebody goes, Hey, what's that logo? And the guy's, Oh, you know, it's crux cigars, a really good cigar. And and like, Oh, well I'll I'll keep an eye out for that logo. And then the next time I go to a cigar shop, I'll ask for crux. And that's kind of how I look at things because the people that, you know, the people that are using lighters and cutters, well, they're already in the cigar shops or, you know, they're, they're probably already, you know, you're, you're just showing a brand that exists in a cigar shop that they're in with to another cigar consumer. But yeah. you never know who smokes cigars occasionally and might be interested or just really like the look of our logo because it's very clean. Yeah. And then, you know, that might at least elicit enough curiosity where yeah. they ask for it. Yeah. Well, when you can do the small things with just that extra touch, I mean, yeah. it does. It makes everything, you know, stand out. Like you said, you know, this is the premium cigar industry. So when you take that much care into something that is what a lot of people would call mundane of an ashtray or... Right a tumbler or a bag or whatever like that. It just, it does. It does set you, it sets the standard high where you want other people to try to get on your level, like with the box, with the packaging. I mean, if you're already up here and you know, people are down below you, I mean, they're chasing you and you're right. You're setting that standard rather than trying to reach somebody else's standard. Well, and something else I look at is, and, and please don't take it as me judging or, or throwing shade on any other companies. Um, because they've been around a lot longer than I have. So they're, they're clearly doing something right. But I look at it, excuse me, if I'm doing an event, like an in-store promo event and we have swag to give away. Well, I don't want to give away like a a lighter every time because maybe you're a shop that does a lot of accessory sales. So if a customer comes up to me and you know, if, if they buy a box, they get a free lighter. Well, maybe they were going to buy a lighter and then they go, Oh, well, if I buy a box, well, I need a lighter and I was going to be shopping for a lighter, but well, that lighter looks really cool. I'll just take the free lighter with yeah. my free, with you know, with my box of cigars, yeah. and then maybe I just cost a sale, you know, to West End. Yeah. So, and I, and that's not 
necessarily happening every time. You know, if somebody wants to buy a DuPont or a Zycar or, or you know, Calibri, they're they're going to buy that regardless. Yeah. Yeah. But it just might slow down or, or, or hold off that, that potential sale. Yeah. And so I look at it like the swag that I want to give away for promo items for events, something that is not going to uh, affect or compete with a potential sale in that shop. Because even though we're selling more cigars for the shop at the event – I want to make I want the shop to make as much money as possible and I want them to know that we're truly their partner. We're not just a, a company selling a product to them yeah. and they're just an account on the books. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think Absolutely. of little things like that and that's why I think kind of the the non-cigar specific swag items I think kind of have a little more versatility. Yeah. No, no I mean it's point. it is. I mean it, that's it, actually it, a really it's, good it's, it's those little that. things that do make all the bit of difference in you know and what makes a good rep, a good company, just because like you said, you know, there's, there's been a lot of times where, you know, people are looking for lighter or cutter or whatever. And why would they want to, why would they spend, you know, 60 on a nice cutter when like, Oh yeah, I can use this cheap yeah. throw. I haven't one. bought a cutter and I know you have, but yeah. I haven't bought it. But you get a discount. I haven't bought a cutter <laughs> since I've been in, I haven't bought a cutter in 20 years. I mean, I've gotten a couple of the, the Zycar cutters. Right. I looked at the XO cutter because it was cool looking. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I keep getting, you know, thank you, Drew Estates. I've gotten three X2s or X3s. Like XI, XI, XI2. It's XI2. XI2 probably. Right. Cutters. And those are really good cutters. They're sturdy cutters. They last forever. Yep. I, you know, I've hell, I've gotten a couple of uh, the um, things for online, you know, I haven't bought a cutter in a long time. Now I did buy this lighter and I yeah. do have the other white sexy lighter, but you know, those were, that's a couple of years ago. I haven't bought a cutter. You in look forever. good with that white sexy lighter. too. I do. You never use that white sexy lighter. I, I don't bring it in. I use it all the damn time at home. Uh, well, I haven't bought a cutter. In you forever. see me using it all the time on my virtual. So home. you're only <laughs> sexy at home. I'm sexy all the time, but I'm only sexy with that yeah. white lighter at home. Yeah. yeah all right. Well, speaking of swag, <laughs> you 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 wanted to do a giveaway. For, I did for our listeners. So why don't I you did. tell? Um, why don't you say what the giveaway is and, and give give so the rules? What we're gonna do, and and um, I'm 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 kind of copying what what they what you guys did a couple shows ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we I, we keep talking about these backpacks, and we have they're really cool backpacks. Like yeah. I said, and I'm, I'm yeah. sure you guys will throw a picture up, you yeah. know, for the for the giveaway. So. Yeah. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to, I'm giving you a backpack or I've already given you a backpack for the giveaway. So when you guys post it, the rules are you must follow. Well, you must follow me, Sam Ventura Crux on Instagram. Yep. All one word. You must follow Crux Cigars. Yep. One word on Instagram and whoever you guys want them to follow. Cause I know obviously they've got to follow the straight cut mm-hmm. yep. and I don't know if that's the only requirement on your yep. end or not. That's yep. the only requirement so there you go. So us. those three, you've got to follow uh, the straight cut crux cigars and Sam Ventura crux, which that's just me being egotistical. <laughs> and we have so a, we have a podcast. We know about egotistical. <laughs> right. Trust so, me, we get that. Yes. I just want to see those followers grow. So I feel like I've made it. <laughs> Look yep. ma, I made it. Yeah. But so what it's going to be, because I know you did it recently and, and it was you have to comment on the post mm-hmm. with your favorite movie. Yeah. So that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But for hours to win the Crux backpack, you have to comment your favorite joke. Nice. Nice. Because I'm going to read through it. And as much as I love movies, um, I you know, reading someone's favorite movie that I've never met on the Internet 
it, you know, and going like, oh, wow, I like that movie too. Like that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't, you know, that's a quick second. doesn't do anything, but I want to at least be entertained and, and laugh cool. and smile when I read that. So nice. follow the straight cut, follow Crux cigars, follow Sam Ventura Crux. And then on their post, you have to comment with your favorite joke. Yep. Cool. cool. And we'll run that from the 18th. So the day this drops until the 24th. So you'll have seven full days to get your joke in there. I'll make a couple, Absolutely. I'll make a couple posts. Um, you know, if comment as many, as much as you want, you know, yeah. I'll, if you comment three times on the same one, your name goes in three times. Three it, times. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. We want to share this out. Um, but yeah, so thanks, you know, thanks so much for doing Absolutely. that. And yeah. to, and, and it's sent, a badass backpack. And for that, you know, you got to have a backpack. So we'll throw in some Crux cigars as well. We'll throw in each one that uh, we are smoking tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll get that on our side. Awesome. So th- thank you for the, uh, thank you for the bag and everything. Thank you for that. Cause we, we want to get people smoking them. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, people that, people that enter the contest that are listening that maybe have never smoked a Crux, mm-hmm. if they're repping our company with, uh, with the backpack, we want them to at least be able to have said they smoked the cigars. Yeah, and, and it is, it's a really good backpack. You know, I'm, you know, Mark always has his bag with, with a yeah. computer in it. I always have my bag with a computer. Yeah, we're I, both big backpacks. I mean, we're, guys, I mean I, it's a good backpack. Yeah, I, I don't leave my house without my bag. Right. It's just yeah. one of those ones that it yeah. is, it, it is, it's a really, really nice bag. So it's, you know, somebody's going to win some cool choice. shit again. So yeah. uh, thanks for that. And it's well padded. It's mm-hmm. got, you know, the, uh, the the laptop padded compartment. And it's got yeah. another little compartment in the front sure. of the laptop part that holds an iPad pretty well. Um, it's roomy. It's got a you know, bunch of little pockets and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. It's a very high quality backpack. Absolutely. And so I carry it every day. I'm a and backpack I love it. aficionado. And oh. I, I investigated when you gave it away. Uh, through West End, um, and it's a nice, it's a really nice backpack. Oh, I think yeah. they're great. Yeah, people love them. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really good one. So, music wise, this week, yes, we, I was so excited for I this. Know. So we uh, we're we're gonna get a we're gonna get your input on the music as well. Yes. So this week, I'll, I'll start off since we since we're gonna get your take on Alkaline Trio. I started with Jake Owen. Um, what was the name of the album? Barefoot Blue Jean Nights. Barefoot Blue oh, Jean Nights. Yeah. Um, so I. I'll start off with my critique. Yep. Uh, you gave me pop. You gave me pop country. I gave you pop country. Um, this is very radio friendly. Yes, it is. Um, it's very country music nowadays. It's it's pop music. If it didn't, it have, is. If it didn't have the twang, you would hear it on pop radio. Yeah, more or less. Yep. Um, you know, and this album fits that. It's you know it. Yeah. One one of his songs is already on our playlist because it was in your top twenty five. The yeah, it's the, actually the title the, song. the, the title yeah. track. Yeah. Um, you know, so this one kind of it, it fits the same thing. You know, when I when I think of this music, and I forgot like, he was he had one yeah. of the twenties. Well, yeah. when when I think of this music and I think of this album, I think of like you know I'm not a southern lad. I you know, but but I can see people going out in from like if you're in the middle of nowhere, yep. you're just grabbing. A yeah. six pack. You're going with your friends. You're going yeah. out to the field. You're going to make some trouble. You're going to, you know, this is the album. We're that not plays. troublemakers. That's just, that's a bad stereotype. <laughs> but that's the music. Like it, it's yeah. fun music. It's fun country music. It's not, uh, you know, like the the first guy you gave me where it's Jason su- Isbell. Like, it's super deep and emotional and stuff nope, like that. Um, so what I went with, um, this, yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, these are this. Yes, he is. But there was there was one song on there I liked because he's singing about a girl who he shouldn't be picking up. 
he's getting out of his element because he's going to the yacht club. He's going to the country club to pick her up. He knows he stands out. He knows he shouldn't be there. He knows it's not going to be like a long-term thing. And you get that with the uh, apple pie moonshine. Apple pie moonshine. Okay. So I'm going with that one just because it, it was kind of like a jab at himself because like, I'm sorry I picked you up. My truck's a piece of shit. Um, yeah. kind of thing, but it's like, he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I am who I am. Yep. We're going to go have fun. And she's the one that whips out the moonshine. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good song. I definitely, I, I got what he was, where he was coming at because he, yeah. he was, he was going into, into a world infiltrating where he doesn't belong. Yeah. But he was like, you know what? This girl is, is into me. So I'm going to do my damnedest to, to make it. And no, uh, if you, you know, through the song, you can tell that they don't make it out. You know, they're not together because he says, I'll never forget that night, blah, blah. Sure. Um, but for that time being, you know, he picked up, he was just a country boy who picked up the girl at the yacht club. Yep. And she goes and has a little bad boy fun with the, yep. with a the little, country boy. little countryside action. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was what I, yeah. uh, I got from that one. Yeah. He, uh, um, I, I like Chick Owen. Uh, he has probably eight albums out, right, Doug? And, um, Doug is Gotta my be. country guy. Well, Jake, Jake's just a good time. If you're just out for time. a good time, need some good time music. It's, Jake it's, Owen's your guy. It's very I, arena country. That's that's what I I got. Yeah. <laughs> I, and is. I don't have any Jake Owen albums, but I do have a Jake Owen. I've made a Pandora station with Jake Owen. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, would you agree was, with me? It's arena country. He is. Um, so the album I'm going to give you next week is more arena. He is, but he is very pop country. I would agree with that. He was the guy on stage before Aldine. Okay. Um, and like I said last week, I don't remember him being on stage. Yeah. Um, I've seen him three or four times. He plays. Um, so he's very beach. I think of him as beach country. Um, he is. Um, he sings about girls and beaches and all that yeah. stuff. Um, very, uh, very friendly. He married a supermodel and got divorced. Um, um, but we all, yeah, nope, <laughs> uh, not. Um, and so, but, uh, he is very, um, but he is very beach country, um, which is a subgenre. Yeah. yeah. Um, but very pop country. Um, uh, and last night when I was running, cause September 11th is always the day, um, uh, for the last couple of years that I sort of switch over into route 91 mode where I mm-hmm. start feeling yeah. that impending day. Um, and so, uh, and he was on stage for that event, um, because he played and then was on stage watching Jason Aldean. Um, so he, um, um, but he is very, yeah, he's very beach country, pop country, yeah. That's his big album. There's yeah. five number one hits on that album. Yeah, no, so. it, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's it, a huge country album. It's filled with, with, uh, with starred album or starred songs that yeah. are, are, are big hits. Alone with you and all that the, stuff. The, the title track. I mean, yeah, the title track is just, um, that's just such a great song. So. Did Jimmy Buffett start Beach Country? It wasn't called yeah. Beach Country yeah. to Jimmy, but Jimmy, Jimmy kind of got it started. See, I wouldn't even call it, I wouldn't consider this like, like Jimmy Buffett Beach Country. This is like Beach Country, like, like Gulf Shores, Alabama. Like yeah. that style yeah. of beach, yeah. But it like, started like it started with Jimmy. Yeah, he, a little. Yeah. Uh, he's like he's like Jimmy Buffett mixed in with a little uh, Alan Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and all of that. Um, little uh, Tallahatchie. Yeah. Um, he is uh, very. 
comfortable in his skin. So the reason I was I was mentioning, uh, he, he, ironically enough, every time I've seen him, he doesn't wear shoes. I don't know if he never wears shoes, like I, on stage. Never wears shoes on stage. So last night, one of my one of the one of my saved videos. I have about five saved videos in Facebook. Is he is so Sean and I um, went and saw him at. Uh, Dickie Stevens, mm-hmm. and he didn't wear shoes then. But it was like he was playing a ballpark, and he's surrounded by people. He was like on this little stage, and um, he sees a guy in a Route 91 shirt, and he calls him out, and he gives him a hug, and he does all that stuff. But he, you see him sitting on a bench playing The Dance by Garth Brooks, but with no shoes on. Right. And he talks about, like, this that crazy motherfucker is not going to like make us afraid to be on stage and all that stuff. And so, um, uh, just one of those guys that I, I love, but yeah, he's very much pop country Yeah, and I'm unapologetic. I like everything. Oh so. yeah. I mean, that's, I like Katy Perry. So Dude, Katy Perry's got some fucking bangers. So. <laughs> she does. I mean, she, she does. And, and well, I'm talking about songs. No, I know. But. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So then I, for you, I gave you some skateboard. Yes, you did. Skateboard. Uh, yeah, back to your roots. Yeah. Well, what, what, not, not skateboard punk. I guess skate this park. is. Yeah, this is, this is what we listened to at the skate park when we yeah, skateboarded. Yeah, you did. And I, I think of it, you know, the funny part is uh, Sam and I were talking about this earlier. And, um, and you made a reference that I instantly clicked on this, which is um, these guys sound like Blink-182. To me, which I enjoyed Blink It 182. Mm-hmm. Blink 182 is a little more poppy than these guys are, but not much more poppy than these guys are. Oh, so Doug wants to know who. I gave him Alkaline Trio. Okay. Right. But they okay. the same vibe. So I could imagine. So um, I, I think uh, Good Charlotte, Blink 182, that whole subgenre mm-hmm. that is also, why can't, when September comes. Yeah. Green Day. Green Day. I think of the early Dookie Green Day. You right. know, I think of uh, Billy Joe on stage with the, just you know that sort of one-handed strumming thing that he did, and I I could instantly picture um, I could picture Billy Joe. I think it's Armstrong, right? Yeah, Billy, Billy Joe Armstrong, Armstrong. Yeah. Um, uh, playing guitar on this album and his very distinctive style of playing guitar. Um, I enjoyed several things about this album. Um, they were tight musically. It was there was a variety of songs on this. I love when you can have double vocalists. Yeah, um, it also had yes, they did, mm-hmm. and it was very clean. It was clean, unclean that Aaron st- the likes, but the unclean guy was not. This is the new term I'm going to use. Was not too unclean. He yeah. wasn't like um, uh, Satan. Rah, 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 rah. It, he was. He was just in a deeper sort of, and they were, they they went back and forth in a way that was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I thought this album was 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 good. I um, I, I also would say that because I think Blink One Eighty Two is as pop as the day goes long. Yeah, I would I would consider this more emo punk than pop punk. I would I would agree because as you were saying as you were drawing comparisons to Blink One Eighty Two I mean first of all there there are two bands that do have two um, two singers and alternating styles and I don't know if you know this but this one of the singers of Alkaline Trio is now the second singer in Blink One Eighty Two so it's it's kind of you know 
Kind which of, which works really absolutely, well. and and he sounds a lot different than Tom DeLonge did. But uh-huh. um, with Alkaline Trio, with with you know Matt Skiba and Dan Andriano, they have two very different sounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so Dan Dan's vocals are a little more, I think, a little more bassy, a little more it, baritone. It, it's, it's a little more gruff. So That's he's a good he, way he, so he's the bass player. He's the one you're talking about yeah. as the unclean. Um, to me, it's just that it's that gritty Chicago punk, right? right and here. and I think. Blink One Eighty Two, I think, is definitely like we were talking about this earlier. And I, in you know, I used to listen to a lot of pop punk, and so Blink One Eighty Two, with Alkaline Trio, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, they're a little more emo, and they kind of had like a darker, more macabre kind of yeah. vibe yeah. to them. Yeah, and so I don't think of them as pop punk. No, for most of their albums yeah. now, or, or most of their songs, at least, but some of them, their newer stuff is getting more on the pop realm, right? But it, their older stuff like this, it's definitely right. more the emo phase, like, you know, the hair in front of the eyes, you know, they wrote this in a dark, you know, uh, you know, sound booth kind right. of thing. This, right. it, it was, it fit, it fit, it felt, I mean, it, it fit that time. Right. That, that early 2000s, mid 2000s. Because you gave me Crimson, which was an early album for them. Yeah, I think this is like 2005, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah it's one of their earlier ones. Exactly like, I think their their third album, I think. And their out. big songs on this was Time to Waste and Mercy Me. The song I liked most was Deathbed, which they spelled wrong, which apparently is a problem with skater people, is they can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, although I enjoyed Settle for Satan's which is, is actually Satin. <laughs> I know, um, I, said, I said Satan. <laughs> right, you did. Um, you guys just mis- mispronounce everything on this show, huh? Oh, everything. Do. You should hear me yeah. talk about like uh, cigars that are in Spanish. Right, no, that's very... That, that's why I work for Crux. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Four um, letters, you can't mess it up. Yeah, um, but I, I actually, one of the things I liked about uh, Deathbed was um, I thought the writing was actually fairly tight and was, um, you can tell... It had a deeper meaning, you know. The, I thought the writing was good on this. I thought. I, th- the, I think it, Matt does most of the lyrical work on his albums, right? I don't know. I I, I would lean to think that. Yeah. Um. Because Matt Matt seems more of the front man. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, he definitely is. Yeah. But I know I know that that Dan and and you know I I know this album very well, so that's I think the only reason that that I think I'm going to chime in at some mm-hmm. point on my track, yeah. but um. Cause I didn't have to, you know, like listen to it or do homework yeah. um, and I was kind of a last minute guest. So, so, uh, I, I'm glad that I was at least familiar with, with at least your recommendation. Cause I, I listened to the podcast where you mentioned it and I was like, Oh man, like I hope they talk about it. Cause I didn't know how you guys schedule it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I hope they talk about it. Cause I can at least chime in because yeah. I've yeah. heard, I, I own the album. I've listened to it, you know, a hundred times, mm-hmm. but I, I like Dan has done some side project stuff and some solo stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I don't really know who does the most songwriting or, you know, at least the most lyric writing yeah. um, out of Alkaline Trio. I, I would imagine it's Matt, but, but I, I really don't know. Cause you know, Dan seems like he's got a pretty good grasp of things on the, on that front as well from, yeah. from other things I've heard. Yeah. So you went, you went with deathbed. 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 So what about you? So um, when, when we talked about this today and you guys gave me the permission to chime in and, and crash the music party, um, <laughs> I, I had said before we started recording when I was hanging out in the lounge that I was going to, you know, throw my earbuds in and listen real quick. Cause I had two and I liked the whole album, but there was two automatically that I said that I was going to pick and I just wanted to revisit them, but I didn't get a chance to do that. So I'm going to go with my first choice, which was, it's called prevent this tragedy. Mm-hmm. And such a, <clears throat> such a good song. It's a great song. 
and it's it's written about the the story of the guys that were involved in the West Memphis Three, um, which was a very famous um, you know murder case. Mm-hmm. And the, the the guys have since been exonerated, and they and they work a lot with like the Innocence Project. And mm-hmm. I've I've watched numerous documentaries and read numerous you know articles and and you know interviews um, and and kind of late night social media stalked. Um, and I don't remember their names now at this point. I'm blanking on them, but kind of. And that's an interesting, the song is great. And what it's about um, is just, it, it's a, it's a catchy song and it's, and songs always tend to resonate more with me when I know there's a meaning behind it yeah. or when I can associate a meaning behind it. And yeah. so um, I, I, I think they just did a really good job with the song and it, it really is a fascinating story. Um, and I always kind of put my, when, whenever I hear like a crazy news story or, or, you know, watch a documentary with a crazy subject matter. I always kind of go like, man, like I couldn't imagine being in those shoes. I couldn't imagine, you know, that situation where, you know, you're, yeah. you're a young person, you know, you're, I think they were teenagers yeah. and they were accused of, you know, killing uh, a boy, some, uh, 12, like a 10 or 12 year old boy. I, yeah. I think a couple, but I, 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 yeah. I don't remember. And it's funny. I say like, Oh, I read all about it. And I, I really went down that wormhole and I'm like, I don't really remember. You, you got to think, I mean, that was also th- almost 30 years. That was a long, long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. 30 so, something years ago. Yeah. Before I lived in Arkansas. So. so it's, it's a very, um, you know, it's just, it's very interesting subject matter and it's, you know, it's, it's not a song just about like love or heartbreak or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's, yep. it's a song about a real, you know, kind of a, a serious a real subject tragedy. and a real, yeah. yeah, a real tragedy. And so, um, you know, there's even a line in there, um, and and I don't remember the lyrics now, but you know, it 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 says, you know, it mentions West Memphis Three, and mm-hmm. and and it's uh, so it's it's a great, you know, it's 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 a punk band from from Chicago yeah. that is, you know, a lot of punk bands they get really social and they mm-hmm. and they talk about social issues, and, and mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the things that draw draw a lot of people to the punk genre and, and yeah. stuff. But I just think it's a great song, and I like that there's a a good meaning behind it, you know, like a good story behind it. Yep. And so that that's my pick. Prevent this tragedy. Cool. Well, yeah, I'll, that'll be. I'll definitely be adding that to uh, cool. to the list. So, what are you giving me this week? Uh, so, I'm giving you uh, to complete or to give you the middle part of the <clears throat> um, more uh, mainstream country. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving you Jason Aldean. Okay. So this one will have an obviously Route 91 connection. Yeah. Uh, Night Train. I debated giving you one of the albums where the songs where he was on stage at the time of the shooting, but I'm not. Uh, I'm going to give you this one because it has um, uh, some of the, I think some of my favorite Jason Aldean songs. It's not the older stuff that's a little twangier. It's a little more arena rock uh, country stuff. Um, and Night Train has those songs on it. So I'm going to give you a Jason Aldean Night Train. Cool. So I'm the, my theme for this for this set is my favorite music that we listen to at the skate park while we're skateboarding. Cool. Yeah. I know you really like, um, uh, my mind just went blank, uh, uh, MERS. I know you really like MERS. Yep. So the people who really helped influence MERS uh, where he, I mean, he said he 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 digs this group. So I'm giving you some underground, uh, some LA underground. Um, I'm giving you Jurassic Five, Quality Control. Okay, um, just a great underground group. It's a sextet. It's a sextet group. Um, you got four MCs, uh, a 
two, I think you got two turntable guys, Okay, but it's like some really, really good. I mean, I've heard of Jurassic five. I don't know that I've heard a lot of their stuff, but okay. Jurassic Qual- quality control has that, like, uh, it has that lo-fi. You hear that record kind of scratch in the back a little bit. Cool. It's a great song. You get, um, um, you get, uh, what's the Beatles, uh, the, um, one of the, um, what's one of the big Beatles guy who, uh, Lennon, John Lennon. Uh, so his, his son makes like a vocal appearance. Sean, uh, Sean Lennon yeah. makes a vocal appearance. Okay. Uh, one of the guys, uh, parents make a vocal appearance. Like, what are you still doing? You still rapping, 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 rapping. You need to go get a real job. I mean, it's just like <laughs> stuff like that, like great little, like great little quotes and stuff in, in this. It's really cool. good. So this is, I think it came out in 2000, 99 or 2000, but like we had this playing on CD at the skate park okay. all the time. So cool. Well, and, and I, I, I'm familiar with Jurassic five. I don't listen to a lot of country. I have, I have pretty varying musical tastes. Like, you know, on my, on my standard, you know, 500 some song Spotify playlist that I always, always have on row on, on shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, you know, mostly stuff like, like, you know, that would go with alkaline trio, you know, mostly rock, mostly, you know, some punk, some harder stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've got, you know, we were talking earlier, I've got an Art Garfunkel song on there called All I Know. Mm-hmm. And it's because of a a scene in the show Nip Tuck yeah. that when I watched it, and it, you know, it, it kind of, it's it's at the end of the season and, and that song plays over like a really, really, really kind of climactic moment in the yep. storyline. So that gave me chills. And actually when I was telling Aaron the story yeah, earlier, I, I saw the goosebumps. I, I, I yeah. held my arm up and I was getting those goosebumps from the yes. first time I watched it, you know, at like midnight That's what music is yeah. exactly. And, and I, I'm somebody that I always tie music into, to, you know, song or sorry, uh, shows, TV, you know, movies. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a show letter Kenny. I don't know if you've watched it, Oh yeah. <laughs> but there's a song on there by, uh, I think it's M 83, but it's do it, try it. Mm-hmm. And the, the most recent season of letter Kenny uh, there's a very climactic scene and the way it's shot for being kind of a very well intelligently written, but kind of dumb comedy. Yeah. There's some really great dramatic scenes and mm. some of just the writing is, is brilliant, but some of the scenes like it, it I mean, it's, it's brilliant. And I've, I've listened to that song. I've added that to my playlist and I've just randomly thrown Hulu on the TV, went to that episode, fast forwarded to like the last two, three minutes yes, and watched that scene over and over. Cause it's just such a great scene. Yeah. But so, so what I was going to say was um, not, not to, to get on a, on a negative subject, but you know, I, I bartended in LA and in Vegas. So I have mm-hmm. a lot of friends in LA and Vegas. So I have a lot of friends that were at route 91 and you mentioned yeah. your tattoo and I have a lot of friends that have that tattoo and I can't begin to fathom or imagine yeah. being in that situation. But that's one of those things, you know, there's so much that goes on in the world, but a lot of times it's far away. That's one of the things that even though it wasn't physically close to me by distance, because I was in Texas at the time, um, but just based on, you know, like friends of mine on social media and stuff that were there, you know, I can't begin to imagine it. So I downloaded Night Train on Spotify just now so that when I'm in the, in the truck, I'm, you know, obviously I'm not going to be here to talk about it, but kind of in, in solidarity I'm going to listen to that album as well to help broaden my horizons and yeah. kind of uh, show my support for for the survivors of that incident. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, te- text me your text me your song. I will. in a week or I so, will. and we'll throw it on there as yeah. well. Awesome. And real quick, I got to crash the music segment because, as I said, I was kind of a last minute add on. Yeah. But I've been listening to a few of the most great. recent shows because I wanted to kind of prep and and you know know what I was getting myself into, mm-hmm. and so I I was listening and I said, oh man. I, if, if I was doing the music thing, I already have the album picked out that I would talk about and I already know the song. And then when I come in and I talk to Aaron, I say, 
you know, well, if you guys talk about the music thing, I've got an album picked out. And then Aaron says, I have, a, I have a tattoo on my forearm on my left arm <laughs> for, and it's of, of the, it's specifically from the album cover of this album of my overall favorite band. And it's the Deftones white pony. And yep. so Aaron says, well, I was going to say, you know, you have like not too long ago, you know, a couple months ago, yep. whatever I gave Mark white pony. And I was like, damn it. No, <laughs> yes. no. And I was like, wait, did you guys talk about it yet? And he goes, yep, we did. I was like, no. Yeah. And so, so just to kind of crash real quick and again, make it the Sam show, um, digital bath. Uh, I mean, that, so that's my favorite Deftones album of all time. Yeah. And Deftones came out in the new metal, you know, corn, limp biscuit, yep. a lot mm. of that. And so a buddy of mine, cause I was really big into corn in high school. So a buddy of mine in college met some girl who says she knew the band and gave me adrenaline, which was Deftones first album. And I always, I used to call it corn light because yeah. it sounded, you know, same mm -hmm. genre, but it didn't sound as, as, as polished or as intense as corn. Sure. And then their second album I got, um, my own, my own summer, oh, my own summer. Yeah. And I liked that. And then when, when white pony came out in 2020, I was work or sorry, 20, hmm, 2000. Thank you. 2000, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I was working at Best Buy and I remember I got it the day it came out and that, that changed my, my opinion of the Deftones almost immediately. Yeah. And I, I saw them on tour to support that. And, you know, the opening track, um, it's, it's, I, I never say it right. Cause I think it's a Brazilian word, but it's fed, fetisera, fetisera, something like that. Mm -hmm. And the way it starts, the, the guitar kind of kicks in before anything else kicks in. So all you hear, all you hear is just one lone guitar, kind of like electric. Mm -hmm. And when I saw them live, I saw them at UC Irvine at the Bren center. And so, <coughs> we're losing Doug over you, here. You, you good, you, Doug? You dying? You good. good? All right, Yo. Doug's okay. So, so I'm I'm at the at the Bren Center at UC Irvine with a buddy seeing the show, and you know the opening acts are done. There's always that little bit of time where they're vamping before the main act comes on. Yeah. Lights go down. Everyone starts to get excited, and then you hear the opening of the the first track, and the opening of the first track goes on for a couple seconds, and then all of a sudden it just kicks up with the drums kick in and he just starts with the vocals. Well, Chino Moreno, the singer of the Deftones, mm -hmm. it, it was, it was timed and choreographed so perfectly that, and, and it, my, my vision of it, when I think back of it was you hear that guitar. And as soon as the drums kick in and his vocals about to hit, he wasn't on stage yet. He kind of slides into frame yeah. and just hits his mark <laughs> and bam, hits it. Yeah, but the reason badass. that album changed my kind of, that's what cemented the Deftones as one of my top bands. And now the only band that I have any sort of tattoo reference to on my body is because that was the album where they really broke free of the new metal genre yeah. and the and the stereotypical. Yeah. And I like bands that evolve. Yeah. And yeah. that is one of the best examples. The Deftones to me is one of the best examples of a band that evolves. They don't change their sound to appease a record label or to get more radio play because as big as they actually are, they're not on the radio all the time. Right. But but they evolve and you know Chino's got a lot of different side projects that sound a little like the Deftones because it's his vocals but they're yeah, still sure. very different. How can they help now? And I think he's a brilliant songwriter and I think that you know, they have a new album coming out on the 25th. Mm -hmm. I've already downloaded one track from it and I, I've played it more times than I probably should. Cause I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to not like that track when the album comes out, but they're, they're the band that, you know, right now is at the, at the pinnacle of my, my list of, yeah. of my favorite band. And, and uh, I'd always wanted the deaf, you know, the white pony tattoo. Um, That's a so, cool tattoo. 
Well, thank you. Well, I, I could not agree with you more about bands evolving. So the problem with a lot of bands is they have, you know, they have that cool sound that comes out and you go, oh, I love that sound. And then you realize three albums in. Yeah, well, I've heard that sound. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of that sound. And <clears throat> good artists, whether it's country or blues or whatever, are constantly evolving their sound. And um, and people go, well, this doesn't sound like the first album. And I'm going, yeah, I, I already own the first album. Yeah. I don't need that sound again. <laughs> I need something. I need you to mature. And I need their songwriting to mature. And I right. need the vocals to right. mature. And I need everything to change. And I, I don't need it to completely change, but I just need it to evolve. I think right. evolve is the right word. Right. And um, and, and I think it, when you describe a, 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 that as an artist that you fall in love with, that's exactly what I fall in love with. Well, it's, it's like whenever we did the did the did the review. Doug is losing his mind over here. As apparently, we're watching, there's a, man, apparently, there's is, a sport, are you watching this? As we're watching the uh, the, the Cowboys yeah, game right now. Apparently, there's some sport ball going on behind <laughs> me. And um, I think Cowboys I'm the only are about non, to pull this game off in the last twenty I seconds. I think I'm the only non-sports guy in the uh, in the room. When I when Mark walked in today into the shop, and I I never met Mark before. And I, you know, I introduced myself and he said, he said, so are you excited for football to be back? And I said, no, I don't watch it. And then I was like, man, I, I probably sounded like an asshole. Cause he's like, Hey, you excited for this? And I was like, no, Mark's not even excited about yeah. it. I'm not either. But, but yeah, so, but it, it, it's funny because the, you know, the TV's on, it's on mute. And, and as, as we're talking about like alkaline trio and stuff. Uh, well, these, these band names are just yeah. flying right over my head. I mean, what I listened to today on the way to work was Blue Oyster Cult, and then Sam and I going to eat pizza. I'm listening to Thin Lizzy, so that's that's where I'm at in music. But I, th- I mean, even when we did the review on Deftones, I, I I even said like this is where they went from new metal to get that that distinctive Deftones sound. Right, exactly. I mean, Chino really found his his voice. It's one of those voices you either like it or you don't, right? Because he 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 goes up and down. Up he can and down. be really soft and melodic, and then he can get real screamy and yeah, aggressive. Yeah, but he, I mean, so like I mean, even like Saturday Night Wrist, it wasn't my favorite album that they've done. I really liked it, but uh, their their newest one, other than the one that's coming out shortly, uh, Gore, Gore, love Gore, fantastic, love that one, and uh, Koi. Koino Yokan? Oh, that that album has some sleeper hits. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it didn't get a lot of radio play, which I'm totally fine with, but they've paid their dues. But, like, you know, you you even get to see a a distinct difference whenever I I forget the the bassist name that died, but you see a lot of that. Yeah. Oh, Chi. Yeah. Whenever Chi died, you see a lot of that uh, progression in gore. And you just see, like, just. You know the, how much more steps they are, so I can't wait for the new album. But. You know, and and when when she got in the accident that led to him passing away, mm-hmm. they had a lot of stuff completed for an album they were going to release. Yeah. And and to my knowledge, they they've never released. I, I don't know if any of the songs that we've heard since then. There was one called Smile mm-hmm. that you could find on like YouTube, but it was never officially released. Um, and I because they <clears throat> they scrapped not not scrapped the album, but they didn't release it because it was cheese last album he played on and i think as kind of a respect thing they said we're going to start fresh we're not going to release that that's special to them wow. and someday hopefully and you know, all the deftones fans out there want to hear it yeah. but um you know they're listening to a band change and evolve and grow and mature is really especially when you got into them when you were you know i was 18 when i got into them yeah, or yeah. when i first heard them yeah. and now i'm 40 so yeah. over the last 22 years it's like you grow up with somebody yeah. you know and um their their second album, my, um, wait, was it my own summer? Did I or 
Around the Fur. Around the Fur. I think yeah, I said yeah. My Own Summer earlier, yeah. but that was a track on there. Around the Fur. Yeah. Their second album. That had an indication. that There's a track on there that was my favorite on that album called Be Quiet and Drive. Yeah. And it's a little more ballady. Mm-hmm. And, and that hinted at what was the Deftones to come. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and That's yes. That's my favorite Deftones song. I, I mentioned that Is so Be Doug would, would, would feel Is a part it of it. Do you he has know no idea. who the Deftones are? No, I mean, he's probably heard it. Like, uh, I mean, uh, the, the um, fl- what's Flies? Um, um, Got You Where I Want You. No, no, not, no, the, the song. Uh, the, oh, like, Change the, in the House of Flies. Yeah, Change in the House of Flies. So, I, I know you've heard that song numerous times. So, numerous. Yeah. I, I can count the numerous times I've heard that on <laughs> so, one hand. Years ago, um, when I worked at MGM Studios, actually, uh, a, a female friend of mine had worked for some sort of record company or something, and she knew I loved the Deftones. So she sent me a text saying, hey, I know you love the Deftones. They're going to be playing a, you know, like a kind of a secret show at, I think it was Spaceland Ballroom in L.A., um, you know, do you want me to get you the link for tickets? I said, sure. So I got two tickets. I texted a buddy of mine who was also a big Deftones fan. Hey, Deftones are playing, you know, Wednesday night. Do you want to go? I have an extra ticket. He said, yeah, sure. So then I go home and I, you know, I, I told my girlfriend, you know, same girlfriend I have now, Kristen, I mentioned it to her and I said, I said, yeah, I said, so, you know, Hygo and I are going to go see the Deftones on Wednesday. And she was like, well, I want to go. And I said, well, I could only get two tickets. It's kind of a secret show. And she's like, well, well, I like the Deftones. And I go, really? <laughs> I go, what's your favorite song? She goes, well, I've got one of their songs on my iPod. Mm-hmm. I said, which one? And she's like, it's the 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 one. And it, and it was Changing the House of Flies. Yeah. And she didn't know the full title. And that was, as I mentioned, they're not a big radio play band, but that was their like single from that album. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, hi, go knows way more of the Deftones songs. He's going to get it much more. Well, it turns out that Hygo couldn't go um, at, so she ended up going with me after the fact, but it was, yeah. it was just kind of funny. Like, well, I like the Deftones too. And I mean, now she's been with me numerous times and she really enjoys the Deftones. But back then I know she was just kind of like, well, I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a special show. I want to go. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're just, they're that band that I was, I was, you know, Doug, uh, he, he, with his phone before we started recording, he like, he clicked on a track and I just heard it and I looked at him and he goes, that's the Deftones. I go, Oh, I know. Because whenever I hear them in, yeah. in a movie or a TV, I, I perk up um, because they are, it's, you know, they tour nonstop and they do a lot of things, but they never really broke as big as like corn or limp biscuit or some yeah. of the bands that day. Yeah. And I think now they, they probably have weathered the storm the best. I mean, I know corn still does stuff. Yeah. Fred Durst does some movie related things. Um, but I think that the Deftones, I think maybe because they evolved so much, it's really a testament. And, you know, Korn kind of changed their sound too. They got into some of the dubstep and some electronic and, yeah. you know, that stuff's okay. Um, it's not the Korn that I grew up with and that I used to go see live all the time. And every once in a while, I'll throw on some old Korn songs just kind of for nostalgia's sake. Yeah. But the Deftones is really the band that I can listen to songs from Adrenaline, from Around the Fur, from White Pony, from any album. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, mix and match. And, I don't do it for nostalgia's sake. I just do it because I still really, really well, dig the they've, band. They've done well on evolving, but also staying true to what that sound is. Correct, correct. You know, like, what, what I mean, is your favorite song, do you have a favorite song, I guess, from? I would probably, I mean, Cherry Saturday Night Wrist has some of my favorites. Cherry Waves is an excellent, amazing Cher- song. Yeah. Uh, Kim Dracula is probably my favorite song. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. I'm, I'm a pretty, you know, I have a pretty good sense of humor. I joke around a lot. I, I, I'm not, I, I don't have a lot of demons or anything, yeah. but Kim Dracula, you know, it, it's, it's very melodic, but it has a lot of kind of aggression to it. Mm-hmm. And there's a line in there. I really wish these snakes were your arms. Yeah. And, and I think about that and 
I, I believe that, that Chino wrote that with, I, I think he probably was having like a divorce issue and mm-hmm. I think he was going through some substance issues. I, I really don't know. So I don't quote me on that, but, mm-hmm. um, that was one where I didn't really need to read about the song or, mm-hmm. or, or the meaning behind the song to yeah. really dig it and care for it. Um, it was just that thing. Like, I, I just imagine, like, you know, I really wish these snakes were your arms. So to me, I take it at face value is like when, when somebody has, you know, personal demons or addiction or substance issues, you know, it might feel like there's snakes all over you and they're like trying to like squeeze you, you mm-hmm. know, like a constrictor or something. And I really wish these snakes were your arms kind of just reads as like, you know, instead of this substance or whatever he's, you know, metaphorically speaking of snakes, yeah. I wish it was you holding me yeah. and, and, you know, not to get sappy or anything, but yeah. I, I, I like love songs and, and whether, whether it's a punk song about love yeah. or whether it's a punk band that does a ballad or a metal band, you know, Slipknot, I really like Slipknot and yeah. Snuff is my favorite Slipknot sn- song of all time. Yeah. And it's like the, it's like the slip not ballad, yeah. you know, and Corey Taylor doesn't usually play it live because it's a very emotional song for him. Yep. And I mean, there's great videos on YouTube of him, you know, performing it, but he's breaking down. As oh, he's he crying. I mean, he's yeah. bawling yeah. as he's really, really. And, and, you know, that, yeah. I mean, I, I play that song I think at least a couple times a week. About his, his mom. I, I don't know. Um, it, but it, I mean, it has a deep emotional attachment to it. Well, and, and, you know, I'm blanking on the lyrics now, but I, I, I listen to that song a couple times a week, at least, you mm-hmm. know, I, I have all these songs, these playlist songs, but I'll end up playing the same 10 songs. Like if I'm about to jump in the shower, you know, when I travel, I carry my Bluetooth speaker with me. Yeah. So I'll, I'll queue up the same eight or 10 songs in a row. And rather than just do what probably a smart person would do and just make another playlist, like the shower playlist, I just scroll through my, my, uh, you know, 500 and some songs on my main playlist yeah. and just queue up the, the ones I want to hear yeah. <laughs> and, and, and hop on and hop yeah. in the shower and, and kind of, you know, cry my tears because the shower <laughs> washes them away. Yeah. No, I love, I love Chino's voice. I mean, my, I do as well. So my, my favorite band is dance, Gavin dance. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chino was on a song with them back mm-hmm. in like early two thousands. I love, uh, caviar. Uh, I love that one, yeah. but like my favorite Deftones is Rosemary. Yep. Just the, the music. I think that one's about his mom. Man, the music but is so good. It's funny because cause the 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 chorus on that is it's like time and and I really just sang on a podcast. But <laughs> but the way he said That was beautiful. <laughs> definitely don't edit that out. Oh, but what's no. funny is is my girlfriend, whenever that song comes on, she purposefully sings the wrong word yeah. and she sings it like a little kid, Mom. Yeah. You know. And, but, but, and maybe that's why I'm thinking it's about his mom, but yeah, he, he has such a great range where it's not just like all like, you know, kind of that, I don't know if that's dirty or or what that's called in your guys's music. Unclean. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Well, that dirty, you know, but, um, but he can do really soft and I, I love songs that start melodic and slow and soft. And then they have that beat where it just like. It all drops. hell breaks loose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, and they have a lot of songs that do that. Yeah. Man, I could talk music all night. I know, right? I was just like, <laughs> it's funny. The whole time, the whole time that we're talking about Crux and about me and about all that stuff, I'm sitting here thinking like, when are we going to talk about music? Yeah, <laughs> we were. We were, we're, always get there. we're getting, right we're getting in, deep in this, Absolutely. but I'm like, wait, I got so much more I want to talk I about know. music. I know. Yeah, I <laughs> Uh, I can do music all the time, but let's end the show the way we always end the show. Okay. Oh, By kicking the guest out. Yeah. Uh, I can't. You gave us cigars. 
good and times. I'm, and we're giving away a and backpack. We're, and we're giving away shit. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I can't, man. It, that's what sucks. Like, we've been giving away some cool stuff that we can't win. Nope. <laughs> like, even working here. Like, uh-huh. we get some awesome stuff. And yeah. it's yeah. like, like my F-drink diet Dr. Pepper. Can't, can't do it. Well, it's funny. These backpacks... Um, one of the things, like what I did with, with West End was because I couldn't be here to do an event or to help promote the brand, yeah. I said, hey, Doug, we've got these really nice backpacks. You know, you want us to send you one with an order, and and then you guys can do a kind of a raffle to kind of do an, an event without the rep here, which, don't get me wrong, I love doing events, and I, I really enjoy that that aspect of the job, but with, with travel, restri- travel restrictions and COVID, I, I couldn't be here to do it. Yeah. So it worked out, but it's so funny. I've offered to a few other accounts and shown them pictures, and they go, well, like, well, yeah, maybe we could do that, but hey, can I get a backpack? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I don't, there's, there's a finite number of these backpacks currently made yeah. and currently that, you know, that I have. Um, so if I, I wish I could give every account, you know, every employee at an account a backpack, but that just, you know, yeah. that all adds up. So mm-hmm. we try to use it, you know, to help the business, help you guys make some money and help us make some money and, mm-hmm. and grow the brand and, yeah. and use it as a way to introduce and kind of keep the brand momentum going. So. Well, we appreciate it, and it's uh, you know yep. some lucky listener will get it, and we're we're excited about along that. with some cigars. Yeah, with I'm some definitely cig- in with definitely some cigars in for that. too. I so. really appreciate you guys doing that because, yep. as I mentioned, you know we don't we're not in the business of giving away cigars, but yep. uh, we, we I, I are appreciate more you guys than happy doing to that. do that. Yep, yeah, we can we'll do that, you know. And thanks to West End for being the place you can get them here in yep. Little Rock in Arkansas. We definitely recommend you coming into West End, uh, Conway, and Little Rock. Yeah, absolutely, they have a great. Uh, cross selection of those and if you um if your if your b&m doesn't have them um reach out to to, to aaron who can definitely hook you up on that yep, so i'll get you going all right <clears throat> this week million dollars but whenever you kill a bug you have to clean an entire frat house until it is spotless every have you time ever been in a frat house aaron clean Every time you kill a bug, kill a, not clean a bug. Excuse me, kill a bug. Every time you kill a bug, you have to clean an entire frat house. Every time you clean a bug, spotless. you have to kill an entire frat house. <laughs> that could be fun. Basically, that that's some like some shitty wow. like Halloween movies right there. That would make a good movie. Um, that sounds like a bitch. Have so, you ever been to so, a frat house, dude? I, I never have. Okay. Purposely kill a bug, or I mean. If you're just walking down the street. Or you're driving down the highway and traveling down the highway. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, let's say you purposely kill a bug. Purposely kill a bug. So you you either have to live with that spider in the corner, and you still get a million dollars, or you have to kill it. Oh, you you had to say spider. Oh, I I fucking hate spiders. My girlfriend kills the spiders at home. Oh, yep. She's the man of the house. Yep. I'm I'm in the same boat. I had a nightmare about spiders last night. Okay, so... uh, my sister was throwing spiders. I Stop a, saying spider. I had, night, I had a nightmare about uh, armadillos last night. Oh, did I tell you my armadillo story? You did. Well, I kind of want to know about this killer armadillo. Yeah. It, Don't look at me. Actually, two killer armadillos. No, no, I'm talking about your 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 your, your, your nightmare. Your nightmare. Oh. No, it wasn't a nightmare. It's a true story. Okay, well, we'll look quick. I'm not taking the money. Okay, so the other night, you know, I, I just built a house. <laughs> I, I was going to say, no, I'm not taking the money because yeah. no, as we, as we spoke about earlier at, at dinner, um, as soon as we sat down, I got like three mosquito bites and <laughs> I kill a lot of mosquitoes and, um, yeah, it's so, a lot of cleaning. So 
and you know, is it a million? It's not a million dollars every time, right? No, just million See, dollars. And that's one the time. thing is, um, is it tax free? Like there's so many questions, <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> I'm in no way even close to a millionaire. So, yeah. but a million dollars isn't what it used to be. Yeah. If I set up God, a bug like, zapper, like Mark, if I set up a bug zapper on my back porch. <laughs> that's purposely killing. That's bugs. intention. Yeah, yeah. That's intent. Wow. That, that's that's, that's, first, that's first degree. Suck. And especially every time. Yeah. If it was like, now I'm leaving one the money time. on the table. If it was, yeah, yeah if it was one time, hundred percent, I'd do it. No. Yeah. If it was yeah. hard, hard, money. Yeah. or just, if it, if it was for every time I killed a bug and cleaned a frat house, I got a million dollars. I'd become a bug slayer. <laughs> I mean, I would literally. Right. I, I love Crux. Yeah, I love yeah. the company. I love the cigars. I love my job. But if I knew that all I had to do was kill a bug, clean a frat house, and I'd make a million dollars every think, time, especially if it's the same frat house, hopefully it wouldn't get get as dirty too. That'd be well, and you would kind of like learn the you know you you'd master the the way to do it. But yeah. if it's one million dollars one time, yeah. and for the rest of my nasty. life. Yeah. Every bug I kill <laughs> so means many. I, I, I mean, I'd lose my job because <laughs> Crux wouldn't be able to, they'd be like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> kill Your bugs. accounts haven't seen you in, in, in six months. Like, dude, I'm cleaning frat houses. Like we're not paying you to clean frat houses. We're, play, we're paying you to sell cigars. <laughs> Have you seen but my I bank account? Bug. <laughs> Have you seen my bank account though? <laughs> but I still got 900,000 left. <laughs> yeah. It, right. It'd be, I, I'd have Hard to say enough. no. All right. What's this armadillo? Okay. So. Back on the armadillo. Is that what we're doing now? We're, yeah. Okay, so the story goes like this. Uh, as you guys know, I just built a house, nice little house out in the woods, right? <sighs> out, of, out of the out of the neighborhood, finally, after 57 years, uh, get a little peace and quiet. I think until three nights ago, I hear something beating on the brick wall outside of my uh, bedroom window, which is at the front of the house. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm, what in the world? Somebody's out there. Open the curtain and I see these two long tails headed toward the front porch. All I saw was the tails. And it, what is that? I go around the front, hit the porch light, turn on the, the light, I open the curtains. Two huge, and I mean, these aren't just regular size Oklahoma armadillos, man. These things are like the size of three or four bowling balls. There's two armadillos on the porch and they're just zigzagging, running around, running around on my front porch, just like. They don't have anything better to do but just run around on my front porch. Because they don't. And, Sounds like dinosaurs. And and <laughs> I'm just, I mean, yeah, pretty I, much. I was just. Because Doug I, built on there and uh, built a house on there. I about uh, to say, you. Burial ground. And, playground, and, yeah. And, and but anyway, I'm just looking at them and I'm just, I, I don't know what to think except look at that. Just look at that. <laughs> There's Doug, clear thinker under well, stress. Then one of the armadillos comes to the front door and actually leaps. And oh, no. hits, hits the front door. Nope. Donk. Right. And I'm like, trying to get oh, what are you doing? And he does it again. And then they scamper off. So that's the story. But it was just really odd, I thought. I, never, I don't think I've ever seen an armadillo jump. But armadillo, they, it jumped, I don't think I've ever seen an armadillo that wasn't crushed on the, on the high I was just going to say, I've only seen them on the side of the road. Your armadillo <laughs> jumped well, seven feet You high. know why you see so many armadillos crushed? Because they have poor eyesight. So they don't know to get out of the way of a car. They get around mainly using their ears and their smell. Are they, are they They're dangerous or are they or like, oh, are, they, I, I, are armadillos poisonous? They, these yeah. armadillos, I tell you, they're poisonous. <laughs> there's, in a way. there's the name of this. Episode. If, no, but if you hit one of these armadillos that were out on my porch, your car would flip. No, no, but no, I mean, I like, mean it, it would flip. Like, they were huge. Like if I was sitting on your porch with you and we were smoking a stogie and an armadillo comes up, are we scared? Cause the armadillo is going to bite us. Or the attack the us? two I saw were, we're getting up. If we're 
getting up in the chair. Yeah. Standing up in the chair. I guarantee you I am. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know much about armadillos, even though I live in Texas and, and I know, you know, there's, I know in the movie necessary roughness, they were the armadillos, but I, I don't, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I've never seen an armadillo live. Nope. Yeah. They're all, I don't know if I dead. want to, yeah. I'm not really a creature guy dead and crushed. I got three little creatures at home, but they're, you know, at least <laughs> lovable and cuddly. <laughs> but, but, but I'm like, yeah, I've never seen one yeah, jump. I mean, it, it jumped. I mean, it got maybe seven feet off the ground, seven like or eight inches seven off the or, ground, yeah. oh, but it hits the door. Inch. Yesterday was 10 feet. Yeah. Well, yesterday they were on the I've, roof. I've got a good, I've got a good fishing story for you too. Yeah, oh dude. boy. It was God. at least that long. That long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam, thanks so much for being on the show. Of course. Yeah, this was great. Are we, we doing the other thing? What or no, do we do, do you guys do that anymore? What? The five pack thing. Oh, we didn't ask oh, him about shit, the five for, pack. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Yeah. We should do that. <laughs> I right, yeah. well, cause the only reason is because you asked about it earlier Yeah, and just, you said, you wow. said like, can we ask you that? Yeah. And I said, of course. Yeah, so. well, let's, <laughs> let, let's, let's, let's book in that way. Yeah. So what is the Mike G traveling five pack for you? Um, okay. Well, first of all. Uh, as a as a Crux sales executive, and we have those convenient five packs, Crux five. Then pack, I course. would probably have to take a five pack, and I'd probably take a Epicure Connecticut uh, Toro, an Epicure Maduro Toro. Um, I would take a Bull and Bear Robusto Extra, and I would take a Guild Toro or Corona. Um, that's my that's my professional answer. But as I said, I do smoke other cigars. Yeah, okay. I did. I actually created a secondary Instagram account to showcase some of the other stuff I smoke. <laughs> and that that was really, I mean, obviously people don't want to hear the Crux guy just name, name the Crux <clears throat> he's going to smoke, right? Yeah. That's no fun. Um, <clears throat> it would probably be Romacraft, Cro-Magnon, uh, Cranium. Very that nice. was one of the first. Good choice. That was one of the first, um, like, kind of, you know, boutique. And I know Skip probably doesn't say, he says they're not boutique. But that was, that was kind of the, one of the cigars where... I don't think I had heard of Roma Craft before I moved to right. Texas. And I, I didn't realize that just like the beer world or, or the, the liquor industry, yeah. it's not all Budweiser and yeah. Coors and Miller. Yeah. And so that's what, that, that was kind of my first introduction. Second would probably be kind of probably a similar vein, uh, the Illusion MJ-12 Maduro. Yeah. Excellent choice. Um, what else? Uh, I, would, I would throw a Padron in there. I really like Padron a lot. Um, and... If I had the money, I'd probably throw a 64 Maduro in there. Um, but if money was tight, I would go with a 3,000 Maduro. Those 3,000s, I mean, the 1,000 nice. thou- yeah. line, damn, they're good. I, they're solid. Well, yeah. and I mean, you know, they're great tobacco for, you know, an everyday price. Absolutely. And then you have the, you know, the anniversary, like the the higher-end Padrones that are great yeah, celebratory cigars. Yeah, I mean, those are so are, are, um, are you 64 over 26? I don't smoke enough of them to really have a hard answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I've smoked more of the 64. Yeah. Um, one of my, one, like I, I recently smoked the, the 80 year, uh, the 1926 80 year Maduro. And that was really, really good. Yeah. But I know that's, you know, like a 30 plus yeah. dollar cigar. Yeah. So for me, as we, as we mentioned earlier, price doesn't necessarily dictate quantity, yeah. or sorry, quality. But um, so I kind of look at like, I'd like more bang for my <clears> buck. So I would probably stick with that. If I'm paying for them, I'd probably stick with that, you know, 3000 Maduro just to, Keep it, you know. Yeah. Um, is that three? Oh, shit, that's, that's only that's, three. That's three. Yeah. Price, or price does dictate quantity for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. It does. Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I brought this up, and then I just realized that I'm kind of I'm blanking on the other <laughs> well, two. Technically, like, you have eight. So right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Um, I, I would still keep a crux in there for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, even if I wasn't working for crux, I would still probably keep the Maduro in there. So I'll yeah. say the crux Epicure Maduro. And then one more. Oh man. There's so much to choose from. I know this is the one. Yeah. This is going to be hard. And I just really, we've been running for so long and I'm like, well, yeah, we can't end the podcast cause he can't answer the damn question. <laughs> Pressure's um, on brother. Pressure's on. I would take a Drew Estate Leather Rose because if I'm going somewhere, my girlfriend's going with me and she likes that cigar. Ah, oh, good answer. Good, good, good answer, yeah. baby. She better listen Boom. to this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. 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 Uh, good show. Yeah. This well, thank fun. you very much. I mean, and, and I don't know if I mentioned it on air, but this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast. And uh, Could never you guys, guess. You guys nope. were very gentle. And, oh, where um, can people find you? I, they need to find oh. you for uh, to doing this. Well, yeah. So, so um on Instagram, you can find my my account, uh, Sam Ventura Crux. Um, that's my main Instagram account. I'm on Facebook, Sam Ventura, but um, you know most people just kind of follow me on Instagram. Okay. Um, I have nice. a secondary account that I, like I said, to kind of post some of the non crux stuff I smoke and not flood my regular account with you know non crux non crux cigars with crux in my name, yeah. and that is C Sam Smoke, okay. kind of like C Spot Run. Um, nice. and, and, you know, that's got a, I think I've got like a hundred followers on that versus my crux account, but well, let's, let's boost those numbers. Well, San Ventura crux is my main account. So follow that one first. And that's the one where I post a lot of the, you know, where I'll be. So if I'm doing events or something, cool. um, also anybody in, that's listening to this, if your cigar shop doesn't carry crux, um, or if you have a shop in your area and it doesn't matter if it's my territory or not anywhere in the United States, um, you can always DM me and just, just let me know what shop you thinks, what shop you think. Uh, we'd be a good fit in or, mm-hmm. or you'd like to see us in yep. and I will forward it to whoever needs to handle that area Excellent. and, um, and, and I'll take care of it. Cause mm-hmm. I really do look at it as a company, not just my territory. So nice. anywhere in the nation um, sales just, executive. Yeah, yeah. That's the executive. That that's the difference. <laughs> just, not a, just not a rep. Yeah. A, a rep would say, just worry about Texas. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, you, you can message me if you ever, you know, if you have any, and if you have any questions or anything and uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what about, uh, what about, Crux's Instagram is it just Crux cigars? Crux cigars. Yeah. Crux cigars. Cool. So to so. get so to get in, you got to make sure you follow Crux cigars. Uh, Sam, uh, what's it? Uh, Sam Ventura. Sam like Ven- Ace Ventura. Yep. Sam Ventura Crux. Sam Ventura Crux. Us, the straight cut, which you already should be doing. Give us your best joke, and for me, make sure it's dirty. I was going to say, and and I would say, like you know, you don't have to be dirty for the sake of being dirty, but I think like no holds barred. Yeah, you know, funny a dad joke. Yeah, uh, a pun. Uh, if it, if it's somewhere between laffy taffy joke and one where I can't tell my mom, right? I'm good. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. As long as it's funny. Yeah. yeah. As long as it's funny. Yeah. yeah. And and you know and hopefully we get some good funny stuff and I can yep. when I'm laying in the hotel room trying to fall asleep I can <laughs> I can put a smile on my face. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So cool. good luck to everybody out there. Uh, again, thanks for being on the show. I know it was you know last second, but we're we're glad you came. I'm on. glad this it worked out. I'm so glad. And yep. uh, and uh, you know I do this it anytime. This is well overdue. This is yep. way yep. overdue. So yep. uh, thank you for having me. I really yep. had fun. Yep. Yeah. So again, next time the, uh, don't don't wait so long. Yeah. So. Yeah. So again for the cigars we had, I had the I had the guild mark had the le sam had the epicure maduro i didn't even talk about the maduro and <laughs> doug had the bull and bear marblehead um all four just awesome selections uh, yep. i mean we all smoke them regularly um it's mm-hmm. it is a really good one so um so whoever wins the backpack will also win those four cigars as well so Fine cigars you're gonna get some good stuff 
Aaron held out touching his eyes. Oh, the and very right now, last second. I know, and right now it's just getting to me. All it's right, getting so, smoky in here because so, we've got the doors closed. Uh, I say, so, that, so that means it's time to, uh, to queue it up. All right, we will see everybody next week. Be the good. Later. Bye. Later. Bye.